I mean, not the best song to start us off with, but we didn't we we didn't have much because the movie didn't give us much. So but, I think the song the song fits the movie. Uh huh. Without burying without burying the lead, let's let's do that. But uh, welcome everybody to a brand new episode of Granny's Peach Tea. We are at episode thirty eight. Jason, go. Thirty-eight. Look, <laughs> I had nothing. Man, I, I dropped the ball today. I had nothing. Thirty-eight. Man, we're getting up there. Geez, we're nearing middle age in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're cruising all along. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us tonight. Really appreciate the support. Uh, with me, as always, is my compadre Jason. What's going on? What's going on? Nice to be here. Good, good to be back talking some, you know, Supergirl and Batwoman and great. looking forward to talking about CW stuff. Yeah, and and uh, the Swiss Army Knife, as I've referred to many times, of yes. pop culture pros. Tim Tabala. Oh, there he is. I'm, I'm still doing guns. the gun. I'm still doing the guns. Yeah, I number we were doing it. 17, baby. 17 right now. The streak lives. The streak lives. No, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to be here to discuss Baywatch Nights of all things. <laughs> I can't believe I actually got you to watch this show. With you me. Got, dude, I, I might. I might have to watch one more just to see what you see. But yeah, I, I mean, look. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna defend myself right here. This was a boring episode. This okay. was not the, like. So this is what I'm gonna do. Like this Coldplay song? Should I just let it keep going while they're no. talking about? Please stop. <laughs> yeah, this is. Oh, yeah, I'm look, getting. Uh, I'm starting to bleed out my ears. All right, well, let, let me shut down the music part of it. If you uh, recognize it, this is uh, Till Kingdom Come from the Spider, the Amazing Spider-Man soundtrack. Yes, I'm going to refer to it, Jason. You're going to hear me call it that tonight because I've got to be a little professional. We are talking yeah, about no. Some people like this shit, so let's just go with it. But <laughs> Some that's people it, like this shit. <laughs> the backhanded professionalism. That's but, uh, right. Thanks for joining us. Well, if you're joining us on the Facebook stream, if you're joining us on the YouTube channel, on Twitter, on Instagram, or you found us on a podcast, the audio-only versions, thank you for joining us. Now, we're going to kick it off as we often do, in which I don't want to – I know why Tim is here. Tim's here for some unhassling the Hoff, some Baywatch Nights action. All right. So before, before I give it over to Tim to – probably hassle the Hoff and give me more pendants to make up. <laughs> I want to point out that this was not one of the better episodes. This was not a fun episode. I was even bored by this episode. There was not much going on. And what, what I'm going to do next time, Tim, is I'm going to text you when I've got a good episode you should join me on. And that's the next one you're going to do. And if, and if you're right. not in on that one, then I, I concede defeat. That's fair. That's fair. Mm -hmm. All fair. And let me just say something right now. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. That 70s soul icon Lou Rawls yes! had a reoccurring role on this show. Because let me tell you something, when Lou Rawls popped up, <laughs> immediately I was like, You'll never find yeah. it. I'm like, look at Lou. And then I had I had a I go to IMDB. Lou Rawls has a very established acting career. It's in insane, the past right? 30 years. I was like, look at all this shit that Lou Rawls has done. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, that was worth it right there to watch Lou Rawls. And we'll get into it why he was there because I think that's hysterical too. Yeah. What happened? You lost us? Are you there? All right. I've frozen, haven't I? Damn oh. It. Like Victor. What's going no, on? I think we lost him. He's frozen. It could be. Well, uh, Tim, you're going to have to take over talking about some Baywatch Nights. You can tell us what oh. part of the episode. Oh no, he has to take the lead on that. Well, we could discuss something else real quick. 
All right, I'm back. I'm back. Jason. I'm back. Can you guys hear me? Uh, I'm back. He's back. Yeah. He's here. Right. All right. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. All right, all right. So, <laughs> so yeah, so Lou Rawls being a part of this thing is one of the reasons I went, what the hell is going on in this show? And I want to I want to make it clear Lou Rawls is in the main cast. He's in like half the episodes. It's bizarre. But um so Tim wow. give us give us your notes on I want I want to hear your thoughts on, on this episode of Baywatch Nights. Well, I thought I thought you go you got to go your usual go through the episode thing and I'll just well, pop I it mean, with so, my cuz I literally, right, I literally so, only have two notes and they're both towards the middle of the end of the episode. Okay. So, so there's yeah. really not much going on in this ep- in this episode. <laughs> We pretty much have um, a, a weird brother-sister relationship, which I swear is incestual, and they murder the her, the sister's rich husband in this very convoluted way that makes it look like the lifeguard is inept. For some reason, they think this is the way to do it, where they murder him and put him in a part of the boat that if you go in there before it sinks, you don't see him, but after it sinks, he's risen to the top. It's very strange. Very odd. Um, secondly, uh, the the next thing is uh, the whole thing revolves around one of the lifeguards trying to clear his name because they're trying to set him up as being inept, and so Mitch takes the case. Um, that's it. There's this other side plot about a woman who's used to be mobbed up, and she's getting a hitman out, and the, her boyfriend thinks it's on him. And the whole thing is, it's actually for his wife? Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. And Lou Rolls and Garner, who's the, uh, the, the, third, the third guy's name, I always forget, they pretend to be hitmen. That's what I got. That's this episode. There's not much going on. <laughs> well, you got God, more. Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it was quite bizarre. It was, um, the acting is, I mean, the guy, the, the guy who thought he was going to get whacked, that guy to go back to acting school. I'm sure by now, 30 years later, he has done nothing. That guy was terrible. He but was yeah, bad. he he thought his wife was going to whack him, so he got uh, the Mitch is doing double duty. He's trying to clear his friend the lifeguard, and he's gonna he's about to pose as a hitman. Yeah, to get the yeah, woman yeah. to admit on tape that she's going to have him killed. Because they decide to do this weird cross thing where like uh, Mitch and Garner and Angie Harmon switch cases. Midway through, like I don't know why. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works up for detective agencies. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. So, uh, but I'm going to say this: David Hasselhoff, enigmatic and charismatic, and as wonderful as always. I am not hassling the Hoff here. Ed, you got to give me that. The Hoff was great. The Hoff is always great. I mean, all jokes <laughs> aside, he, I, he's, he's listen. He's entertaining. I always find him entertaining. One word or the other. It, it's I just agree. a pre- You know what I'm saying though? Because it's like supposed to be Baywatch nights. Most of this show was during the day. I'm like, so where, when is he lifeguarding? <laughs> when, it's supposed to be Baywatch nights where he does yeah. his night job. This whole show was during the daytime. I'm like, so he's not lifeguarding? How come he's not lifeguarding? Where's how come not a good he... lifeguard? I was like, all right, but okay. Actually, actually uh, but the the name of the club that their office is based out of is called Nights. So I think uh, that's why it's uh, Baywatch Nights. Okay. Uh, By the way, Angie Harmon, not a good actress. Oh, I didn't notice. She's just so fun to watch. She's above average, but she's not really like I, I thought she was like Emmy award winning type stuff. But no, I don't. I don't. I think she's just average. Like Have okay, Jason Seahorn. Oh, wow. I was about to say I didn't see that. <laughs> um, no, I don't think I've ever watched like anything she's in. <laughs> 
ever. I mean, I know of her. That's a this funny thing is I knew exactly who she was when I put this first episode, the first episode on, but I couldn't tell you where I knew her from. She no, was, I, I know who she is. An NBC but... show. What NBC show is she? Famous for like the Law and Orders or something? Law, one of those. Say don't swear. Law and I don't know one of those goddamn shows. <laughs> Did you just say Law and Order? Say don't, say don't swear. swear. I don't know one of those that was, shows. That was my favorite Law and Order. It ends yeah. with Jerry Orbach exactly. really being a, a child with autism looking into a crystal ball or something. That's However, the, oh, wow. that show ends. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, I, again, it was it was definitely made in the nineties, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt, it was made in the nineties. The show. And it was definitely syndicated 90s. Like, it definitely has a feeling syndicated. to it. Yeah. No. Wasn't definitely. it on Channel 9? It was, yeah. Yeah, right? It was right after the, Baywatch. The UPN <laughs> at that point. Or did they go, did they air simultaneously? Uh, no, it, it literally was the show after Baywatch. It was, they oh, aired, they so, aired them back to back. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't actually watch Baywatch. Either. I think I saw, like, one episode and that was better. I think I've famously said I've seen three episodes one where he teaches El Gigante the wrestler to love. One where, and maybe maybe only two, and then the other where him and a whole bunch of other hard-bodied men and women pull a car from the ocean and run it up the beach. Those are the only two episodes of Baywatch I've ever seen. Sweet Jesus. I've seen plenty, but I couldn't remember one single one of them. <laughs> I, I was there for Pam Anderson and Nicole Eggert and Yasmin Bleeth. So I don't remember anything, any plots of that show at, at all. <laughs> Except except when the Macho Man was on. Tell yeah, me well, about they... it. Do you remember the plot of that episode? No. Oh, no. Yeah, same. Did you I, was, well, I was like, wait a second. Actually, I know every line of that one. I just remember how, how bad they were on that show all the more. And I was like, oh, this is just this is horrible. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan and running around the beach threatening people. And Hulk Hogan and Macho Man got to come. It's like, dude, what is up with this show? Oh and that led to WCW of all things. Yeah, oh, yeah, true. yeah. I, I do. Yeah, I do remember them mentioning some shit that they were cameos on yeah. Baywatch. But then I was like, in my mind, in my memory, did I mix that up with that Thunder in Paradise show or something? Like, was I just mashing them? To, I don't know. Well, also very similar feel as a show. I mean, that's oh, also sure. a Channel Nine Nineties show. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely. So, all right. So all right. So I guess we 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 paid our penance for unhassling off. Well, yeah. my, my my one note. Oh, my two notes, real quick. My favorite quote was, the woman is talking to the hitman on the phone. And he says, no more talking on the phone. Meet me here at this place. And she goes, well, how I know what you look like? He just <laughs> says, "He just says you won't. And then the next line, I, I had to rewind it because I was laughing so hard. <clears throat> this, is, this, is, this is word for word. Whatever you think I look like, I won't. I, I had to rewind it like three times. Go, first of all, is that broken English? And I said, I was like, I like, who talks like that? Whatever you think I look like, I won't. I won't. I was like, wow, that is fucking writing right there. That's that's that is writing. That's and then and, and then the last part was was the 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 the, the lifeguard. All he's got, he got hot headed. He ran to that house to try to to get catch the couple that that screwed him over and their bodyguard. Henchman, whatever the hell you want to call it. Oh, yeah. Him. Oh, that, that ponytail. That guy the was ponytail. awesome. Ponytail but that, guy. But that guy's like, oh, yeah, they're out by the pool. Let's go out there. He decided the best way to kill a lifeguard was to drown him. 
I'm like, this dude could probably hold his breath for 15 minutes under the water, and you're gonna try to drown him in the pool. That, that was my two. Those were my two notes. I was like, all right, dude, you're getting a little crazy here. That, that, that's all, those, are, those are the only notes I had. Right. Jason, I'll give you. I'll give you another episode, though. I'll give all you right, but one. I've got. I've got. I've got to preview this episode. I've been burned now. I got to preview the, the, this next episode. I've got to curate it. I got to find the right one. It's not the time or place, Terzio. It's not the time or place. <laughs> no, but what's what? We'll, we'll say what's up. What's up? Thanks for checking us out tonight. Thanks for watching. Yes. Um. All right. So, Tim, is that is your is your is that your cameo? That's my cameo. That's my number seventeen. I I will try to pop back on for unamazing. Uh, you guys do your CW thing. Uh, like I said, I honestly haven't watched that movie in years, but I will try to interject if I can. If, if I you can. Remember, if, if you remember anything, let us know. Maybe uh, if you don't watch anything. Well, maybe once, on. you, maybe once you guys start talking about it, I'll start having like flashbacks. <laughs> flashbacks. Like, ah, 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 yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll come popping in and I'll have like a cold sweat and I'll be like, oh my God, I remember everything. And I'll be able to talk about it, so. All right. Well, <laughs> we we are gonna open up with a trailer reaction, though. What's did the you watch the, Did you watch the trailer? Morbius. Yes. All right. I'll talk about that real quick. All right. So, all right, so you we'll should, keep your on for a little bit longer. Then you should talk about that, and and I'm going to um, mute myself real quick because I forgot to watch it. So I'm gonna watch uh -oh. it right now. Uh oh. Go watch uh, it. It, it look my, my son went to sleep later and I'm I'm solo parenting this week, so I, I lost track. Give me give me however long the trailer is. I I'll, I'll watch it. All right, well, you can watch Jason's face if you're watching us, and you can see his actual trailer reactions like other channels do. But, um, yeah, so we got a brand-new trailer for uh, Sony's Morbius when they're expanding their Spider-Man-ish universe, whatever it is, because we're still – things are much, very much up in the air with Spider-Man No Way Home, probably going to be a massive game-changer uh, next month. Um, but, yeah, so they dropped a new trailer, and – Personally, it's not a movie I've ever in my life thought I would ever ask for. Like, I want a Morbius solo movie. But I honestly think the trailers look solid. I, I don't, I mean, again, like, divorcing it from, like, Spider-Man, Tim, is what I'm saying. Is, like, divorcing that part and say, hey, this is a movie about a comic book living vampire guy, and this is what we're getting. I thought it was, like, halfway decent. It looks pretty, it looks cool, and then the movie could completely suck. But I think that for in trailer... <clears throat> it got me more excited to see the film. Like, I'm going to watch the movie. Oh, of course. Yeah, it raised the excitement level, though, from before, because when, when it was announced, I know we were both, we, we talked about this plenty of times, like, off camera. We were like, okay, whatever. Like, this, all right, this looks yeah. stupid, yeah, whatever. But, all right, it's coming, but all right. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, we'll be like, all right, we're not doing nothing on Thursday night, we'll check it out. But uh, Or Saturday morning. Um Saturday, no, morning. Saturday morning. Saturday well, it morning. It depends what the Thursday night football game is. It could be shit. Um, no, but I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of down with this. I, I'm seeing it. I'm kind of very curious to know what the hell they're going with because there are Easter eggs throughout the damn trailer that they peppered without. So it's obviously in the, this trailer really solidified the fact that it's in the same universe that that Venom is in. That's like obvious. Mm -hmm. But what gets me more intrigued though is that there's the Daily Bugle. That is clearly there on the Daily Bugle. There's mentions of Rhino on a headline, and there's a mention of, of the black of Black Cat on another headline. So you're really like setting the damn thing up for it. Um, but Tim, what did you what did you think of the trailer? Just on, as a trailer. Yeah, no, I, I actually I I like this one a lot better than the first one. Um, you know, I'm not a big Jared Leto guy. No, I'm not a fan of his at all. But um, 
I, I thought it looked cool. I really did. I really, I really thought it looked decent. Much better than the first one. And I like they showed him a lot more. His face, his vampire, yeah. full vamp. And that I thought looked really good. I thought that yeah. was really, really, like, really like the comic. I thought I was like, wow, that's pretty, pretty damn close. And like you said, we, we can't really judge this movie because we don't know what the hell's going on yet. We don't know what universe, where, how, because how is Vulture in it? Yeah, that, that's how, the thing. Adrian Toomes is in it from Homecoming. Yeah. If they're saying this is not the MCU, right? Like, like what the hell's going on? Yeah. What like, the hell is going on is right. Yeah, you got the Daily Bugle with the Rhino. Now, is that Andrew Garfield's Rhino? Is that a different Rhino? Is that... In, all right, so I, I just finished it, and unless this is also tied into a multiverse thing, unless that's what they're getting at, that they're that they're trying to set up a, a shared Spider-Man like multiverse with the MCU, that's because you're right. I, I, I you know, I was just watching it, and you see the Spider-Man with the word killer written on it, and you see murderer, the, yeah, murderer, yeah, and then like Adrian Toomes, and it's like. So the only I, the only thing I can think of is that they're trying to do like capitalize on that multiverse, like they did like with Venom, because Venom's going to be in this new Spider-Man movie. Um, well, we're assuming that because I mean, it makes sense, yeah. Well, I mean, with that, with that like post-credit scene from the Venom second too. Venom movie, I mean, if he's not, then what the hell was that post-credit scene setting up? Well, I think that's what uh, that's what I think what I wanted to bring up in a conversation with 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 the three of us here, though. Is but if we could check off the Easter eggs that are there, we mentioned the Daily Bugle, Rhino, Tim mentioned too. We don't know which Rhino. Hopefully, it's a different Rhino because we'll say what we got to say about the Amazing Spider Man movies. But like the Rhino, I think, is one thing that's universally like hated by even people that like that movie. Yeah. yeah. So I would assume that's got to be something different. We haven't seen Felicia Hardy yet at all, ever. So Black no. Cat's there. So and that's I think, cool. And I think Black Cat is. I think an interesting character for Sony to try to do one of these one-offs with like, yeah. and I, with, I think, you know what? I was making jokes with you over text uh, before about, Oh, what you, you don't want this obscure character like piloting his own movie. But like, I think that's better than taking like people like Venom who you cannot divorce from Spider-Man yeah. and, and putting them in a movie like, you know, Spider-Man ran to Morbius once that. Okay. I don't need Spider-Man in this movie for it to work for me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that yeah, he's he's not as tied to Spider-Man as Venom is. So as a solo project, if we're, again, we admit that this was Sony doing a cash grab and trying to milk every Marvel property they have because they own pretty much the Spider-Man, um, you want to say, related properties. This is them going ahead and, and cash grabbing it, which is fine. But if you're going to give me a cool movie out of it, I'll, I'll take it. Um, I think another interesting thing that's in the background, though, that I know some people have uncovered by freeze-framing, there, there's an Oscorp building also oh, in the background that. at one point that's there. Now, I don't think that automatically means Andrew Garfield's in you know, Amazing Spider-Man movies because Oscorp exists, you know, pretty much MCU's the only one that hasn't mentioned Oscorp yet. Yeah. So you know it's going to happen sooner or later. Um, and that's a rumor for, for the, that Harry and Osborn bought Avengers Tower. Yeah, that's been a rumor for a right. long time now, so that's what it could be. Uh, but I think this fuels a lot of speculation, though, of what's going to happen with Tom Holland's Spider-Man post No Way Home. We know he has one more movie on his contract. He's going to appear in another one more MCU film after that, which we don't know what it is yet. I mean, it could be multi Multiverse of Madness. could be, the, you know, most people speculate it's going to be the next Avengers. Um, but there are a lot of people who think that this movie and what happens to it is going to be 
how they find a way to gracefully bow him out of the MCU, and Sony is going to take over from here and kind of just do their own thing and have him mix in with Venom, Morbius, Craven the Hunter, because we know that movie's coming as well. What do you guys actually think is going to happen? Are you on the side of Tom Holland Spider-Man leaving the MCU? Or does he stay the MCU and they say, hey, listen, this is all one big universe, and that's what it is. Like, the Avengers don't have to mention Venom every single time he takes a shit or does anything. Uh, if... If Kevin Feige can stay involved, then I wouldn't mind him going to his own universe. But I want to have that input from Marvel, from Kevin Feige, from whoever. Um, I don't trust Sony to do it on their own. I just don't. So, But if Kevin Feige has a say in what happens and he can throw his two cents in and say, look, this, this, this sucks, this, this, this is good, you should do this and that, I'm okay with it. Because you know what? It kind of frees him up to do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. But if he's not involved and it's just Sony, no. Leave him in the MCU. I think he has I think he's gonna have a great I want to see him interact with Deadpool so bad. Yeah. I think I think that's, I think that's gonna be the greatest interactions ever. So I mean again, that's another guy who we don't have to figure out who's gonna how he's gonna end up in there, but I'm praying <laughs> that it happens. So if Sony's not shares the love, I'm okay with it. No Kevin no. Feige? No. Uh, Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I, 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 same exact sentiments. Like, I don't at this point. Like, if they wanted to make Spider-Man in his own universe and explore, you know, the many facets of the Spider-Verse, I there's enough there to do so. I've got to see him in with the Avengers. I got to see him in the Infinity War saga. I can live with just having him in his own, you know, his own universe with his own villains and doing his own Spider-Man thing. But uh, what, what Tim said, like Sony, I don't trust that. I, I trust Sony as far as this movie will take you that we're about to cover today, which shows you exactly what Sony would do with a character to keep the rights and for a cash grab. Um, and, and I don't want to see that. I like Spider-Man as a character too much. I like Tom Holland too much. So if, if, if it's just going to be setting up the Sony cash grab for them to redestroy for the third time, this franchise, because you know, this would be, if, if they got their hands on it without Marvel's input, I have no doubt they'd maybe turn out a good movie, maybe two good movies, but at some point it would just be the Spider-Man's printed money machine and it would break down. So I'm with I'm in Tim's corner. Uh, if Marvel needs to have some input, and if they don't, then I'd rather I'd rather have no Spider-Man at all than have Sony-controlled Spider-Man because that is the how little faith I have in what they do with the characters. <clears throat> and real so quick, I, like you said, that Tom Holland only has one movie left. Maybe he don't want to go to Sony. Maybe he decides either I'm in the MCU or I'm not doing it. He could he could very well decide that. Well, well, so I think the the interesting thing though about that is, and there's been a lot of stories that have been floating around because now you know there's a lot of interviews happening for No Way Home, and they're starting to pump it up. I think they're just waiting until after Eternals, about a week, it's been out a week or so, and then we're gonna get full force Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, you know, why have we had? Everything. How did we not get a trailer this week um, to, to to appear with Eternals tomorrow? How did that not happen? Well, I'm like, I, I'm so baffled by that. Well, I'll say I'll say two things about that. Number one. We still have tomorrow to happen. It, it, who knows? It could drop tomorrow. Remember, we don't even have a poster for this thing yet. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. There was rumors online that some people were shooting down. I saw on Twitter that it was like, oh, you know, the reason we don't have a trailer yet is this is Marvel Studios and Sony not getting on the same page of how to promote this movie. Like, apparently, 
Marvel Studios does not want to show Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield. Now, again, if you believe that, that means you believe they're in the film. So there's a lot of, like, still things we don't know. And some people are shooting that down, saying that's bullshit and stuff like that. I personally think it's because they want Eternals to get their spotlight. <clears throat> their movie's coming out. They're not a very well-known property. Spider-Man is <clears throat> arguably the most popular, you know, comic book character <clears throat> ever. So they're like, hey, listen, we got in a lot of buzz for this film. We'll wait until Eternals passes, and then we're going to go full force. Spider-Man, no way home. That's my belief. That's what I think is going to happen. I just think they want to give Eternals their time to shine, which from a Marvel Studios perspective, I can kind of understand that, though. Yeah, you don't absolutely. want people coming out of Eternals <clears throat> raving about the Spider-Man trailer, and meanwhile, the movie, they're like, yeah, it's all right. But did you see that Spider-Man trailer? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just think that's a smart business move. And again, this wouldn't have happened mm. if COVID didn't hit and we had all the movies kind of like on top of each other now. If they were more spaced out, this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Like you said, Tim, that's, I would I totally expect a No Way Home trailer <laughs> in front of Eternals. But I think because they're, what, a, <clears throat> a little over a month apart, they kind of give them, got to give them well, a I, I figured it would be yes, yesterday. It would have popped. Usually Tuesdays. Yeah. Don't they drop trailers on Tuesdays usually? Sometimes Monday mornings at 9. Yeah, so and I figured be that, move. and then you go see Eternals on th tomorrow, yeah. and there it is on the big screen for everyone to see. But let me tell you something. This kid who lives in this room behind me is counting the days. Daddy, you know there's 55 days left? You know there's 54 days left? Dad, you see this picture online? Is, 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 I'm like, dude, I, first of all, I tried to tell Jax, don't believe everything you see online. doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean shit. But every day he pops out a picture. Is this real? Is this real? And so this kid's beyond hyped up. Yeah. That's what I, uh, where's the trailer? Where's the, that's the first thing I walk to the door. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Where's the trailer? The trailer didn't come out yet. What happened to the trailer? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, call, call fucking Marvel. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds familiar. It sounds like my nephew on the. Uh, yeah, it Alex sounds side. like Alex there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's drop in two comments from Alex there. He's chiming in on the conversation. I see the Daily Bugle bus advertisement. Yes, the Sam Raimi Spider Man spray paint. Yeah, is that part where Morbius walks past the thing and it's yeah. really not Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but that's one we mentioned, spray-painted murder on it. So referencing, we've got to assume the other Spider-Men that we know of are not murderers. So you would assume that that's who they're referring to. Yeah. I'm so confused. Uh, it's like an, it's an origin movie plus dealing with actual MCU problems. But see, that's Alex where we're not exactly sure because that's what we're discussing is, is this, are they saying that the Sony... Venomverse, as they referred to it as at times, really an extension of the MCU, or is it just whatever? I mean, it's its own thing, or is he going to be moved? What is going on, Tim? What do you think? Not just doing something else, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think after No Way Home, he should take a break and come back during the next Avengers movie. Um, I don't know because I don't know when we're getting the next Avengers movie. That really isn't part of Phase Four. They said it would be part of Phase Five. Which ironically it would be the fifth Avengers movie, so right. I mean, that kind of makes sense. And they've said it the does. last the last movie to wrap up Phase Four is going to be Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. So, plus, there is no Avengers right now. Yeah. Technically, yeah. there's not. Although I mean, they're he, just kind of like around. He probably means the next crossover movie. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but I, no, but Kevin Feige has said there will be another Avengers movie. Well, right, there's going just, to be. He's no, they're yeah. not hiding that. We just don't know who the roster of the Avengers actually is going to be. Gotcha. By that time we get to that, because it's <laughs> up in the air. Um, I don't know where this is going to be, because I can see both arguments being made for this is what they use to logically explain him out of the MCU, and then he ends up in Sony's verse, and then they move on. But the fact that he has one more movie coming, 
they can't pull him out that quick. He still has yeah, to kind of appear. That's so, true. But if it's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and yeah, we find then, out he was in that, then that's his exit. Then the, that's his exit. Yeah. Or they just <clears throat> they strike a new deal, and they just keep him moving, and they say this whole thing is an extension of right. the MCU. So I don't know. And by the way, Tim, interesting thing I wanted to bring up though about Kevin Feige and Sony though is so the, the, let's talk about the Sony trust part of this, right? Like obviously we last couple of weeks we covered Sam Raimi's Spider-Man one and two, which are still adored to this day. Tim, I think you're on the same page as that, right? Like you know they're still they still hold up. Yeah. And then obviously the studio interference comes in, destroys Spider-Man three, and then we talked about last week Spider-Man four. Sam Raimi walks away because. Studios breathing down his neck again to try to keep on ramming stuff in his movie. Their reaction to that is, oh, Rami's out. So let's reboot. Let's go. Let's do this. And this is what we ended up with what we'll talk about tonight and in two weeks. Um, but there, I mean, we don't like the Venom movies, but they are, I mean, it's making a, they've made a lot of money. So popularity wise, I mean, they're getting what they want, I guess, in the end. Um, and then a movie we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, was, I mean, without to give the whole thing away, I mean, we are all fans of it. I think we're pretty big fans yeah. of that movie. Yeah, it's a phenomenal so, movie. Yeah, it is. It's a really good movie. Some people will say it's the best Spider-Man movie that we've ever gotten. Yeah, that I've um, heard that argument. I don't. I, yeah. I would have to rewatch it. I, I could see myself thinking that, but but uh, but I would have to. I'll, we'll talk about that in the rewatch. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then, so I think that's something. Yeah, Sony's been a mixed bag, but they're not on a great streak right now. Uh, and Kevin Feige apparently does offer notes on these movies. Okay, but they can take their take their notes and wipe their ass with them, or he can do whatever they can do whatever they want with those notes. They can just throw them out the window. But apparently, he does drop in like information about it or his comments, and then they do what they do with them. But no, not like Spider Man Homecoming and Far From Home. And now No Way Home, no, Marvel Studios is literally saying, here, we're making it for you. Here's your movie. Enjoy. Uh, and that's where we know. Oh, yeah, I mean, the trust factor is obviously with the MCU. We have to go one or the other. Well, I, like like you said that, though, it's it's far as, and both of you guys said the cash grab. Yeah. You know, when, when they started, not, when Spider-Man was a hit, when um, Civil War, when, when, that, when they first popped over there, well, we're going to make Venom movies. And we're yeah. going to make Morbius. We're going to make Craven. We're gonna make this. We're gonna make you know. It's like, all right, calm down. Like, what? Like, you're doing all this stuff. To, why? Because it's that's it's like a cash thing, and you can almost say it's the same thing as, as Warner Brothers. Remember, Warner Brothers popped out with. Well, I mean, not not that it was a bad movie, the Birds of Prey movie. But remember, first it was supposed to be uh, just Poison Ivy and and this and that. You know what they're gonna call it? The Gotham um, Girl. Yeah, the, the, the called Gotham City Sirens. Yeah, that, and then we're, we're coming out with the, with the the trench movie, and we're coming out with this, and we're just like, dude, slow down, yeah. make a good regular movie first. Yeah, then yeah. you start good. Then you start going just like, and you know, they didn't start with Guardians of the Galaxy. They started with well known established characters. They're like, all right, we're having a, we're having success with this. We're gonna throw these guys you never heard about you, and they were phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, so it seems like Sony doesn't have that track record to pull that off, especially like you said with. I, I, I mean, I'm not knocking people who like Venom, but I mean, come on, come on. Come yeah, on. I mean, come listen, on. you like come yeah, on. you like what you want to like, but I mean, that, yeah. we don't like it. We, we well, they're, not the, they're, those, those people. I'm not again. I'm not saying those people like is a derogatory term, but they're not the hardcore comic book fans who read the comics in the '80s and yeah, the '90s and saw the cartoon and all that stuff. So who grew up with that? They're just like, oh, Venom's cool. 
That's what I was going to say. Like, I think the reason we don't like that movie, because we discussed it. There are things to like about that movie. It's not great, but there were enjoyable moments to those two movies. But I think my biggest problem, and I think the same thing with you guys, is you take a character that is literally part of Spider-Man and you try to use him to set up a non-Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man. You know, it's like, of all the characters, like... any literally any other character in the Spider-Man universe would have made more sense than choosing Venom, but Venom has the cachet. Venom has the, you know, is popular. But as you said, Tim, I think this movie, even though Venom was popular, it wasn't made for the fans. It wasn't made for the people who really like Spider-Man and Venom and understand or appreciate their dynamic. Because I think if you do like that, I don't understand how you could love this, the, the Venom movies, just simply because it's not there. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, have... I also think there's some fans, though, that just like... And Tim, I know, I'll throw this to you, though, because, you know, you've confessed on our, you know, on Empire 161 before that a Star Wars can put out anything, and you essentially, you'll, you'll critique it, but you'll probably give it the benefit of the doubt. You know, you would, you've admitted that. But I think that's what some fans do with these Venom movies, and, I mean, you know, you guys both know how much I love Spider-Man and everything to do with, with him. But I can't see past some of this crap. I mean, they're just bad films. No matter how you cut it, they're just yeah. bad writing. You know, it, it's they're terribly written movies. But I think we agreed too is that if they hired better writers, they kind of knew what they were talking about. But if you use the same cast and the same mostly everything, you would have a good movie. <laughs> there was something well, there to be said. Well, Brian, bringing that up, it's like um, the prequels, the Disney, the, the Disney movies, as, as they're called. No. I won't bash any of them, but I can see people's problems with them. And yes, I can see, especially the last one, it was very rushed. It was very fan, you know, here, here, fans, I'm going to spoon feed you all the shit that you want. Here it comes, open up. And then it was like, I got too much shit in my mouth. And you're, you're, you're ruining this movie for me. Yeah. And then, like I even said, I never bashed the movies, but when The Mandalorian came out, I'm like, holy shit. If this show is, this is what those movies should have been. Give me that feeling in your gut of like, holy shit, this is Star Wars. This is this is the feeling I want. I want back. Because that's what Mandalorian did. It gave me that 1977. I'm a five year old on Christmas morning type of feeling in your stomach. The prequels didn't. I mean, The Force Awakens I still love. The other two are just very iffy for me now. And I blame the Mandalorian. So it's not like I, I listened to people's bullshit and it changed my mind. I just saw how damn good the Mandalorian was. I was like, oh my God, if, if, if these movies were that good. And I've said it a thousand times. I don't like the overall story. I don't like what they did to Luke. I don't mind, I don't mind that they killed Han, but I don't like what they did to Luke. I don't like it at all. It, it pisses me off. So I, I get it with this too. It's the same thing. It's like, oh, Spider-Man's popular. We're going to come out with Venom. You can't come out with Venom. Venom can only exist because of Spider-Man. Well, we're gonna do it anyway. Oh fuck! Here we yeah. go. Well, that's the kind of thing. Like you said, if they come out with Craven the Hunter, it makes more sense. Yeah, it's not as tied. Even right. though his first issue was to kill Spider-Man, you could you could still pick anything they've been to kill, and it would have made more sense. Any one of those kind of villains, Venom though, he is born because of Spider-Man. So that's why there's there's, there's the trust factor. And just like I said with WB, we're gonna throw out a movie about the trench. Nobody wants to see a movie about the fucking trench when you're making you no know, when you're making bad no no what I'm saying, Jason. You for it? I, I was for it, but only because 
I tend to like the really weirdo stuff the DCEU tries. And so I was like, hey, you know what? I'll give it a shot. <laughs> so, well, what I mean is when you're not making decent oh, – I know you guys like the DC movies. In my opinion, when you're not making decent enough movies based on your most popular characters, don't come out with a trench movie. I agree. No, no, that's I all, agree. That, that's, that's all I'm saying. You're going to come out with Wonder Woman 84 – and, and okay, well, let's make a movie about the trench. No. Well, you know, you know it's funny though, Tim, that I don't know if you saw the story that dropped uh this week, past week, and I think it was the past week. But they mentioned James Wan said that apparently the trench was gonna be like a like oh, secret yeah. black manta movie. Yeah, a black I was like, Manta. Oh, um, okay, I would maybe you should have led with that, and I would have been a bit more excited. Yeah, maybe and maybe Black not Manta, make it a secret, and you actually would have gotten to make your movie. Yeah, and Black, uh, Manta, yeah. Black Manta doing what though? Whatever it is, honestly though, because I think that my when we talked about Aquaman uh, on this show, our biggest thing was that we just felt he was underutilized and was kind of just given random shit. So if we picked up where he was like. Getting, you know, he was coming back and he was doing it because after them, you know, they lead you to believe he's gonna like, you know, rehabilitate himself and get his suit back and he's gonna continue on his quest. Maybe he had to go to the trench for some shit, or you know, the guys are on the ocean doing whatever the fuck he's doing. But if it's that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't got a story for you right here, but maybe <laughs> Black Manta, yeah, like battling some of those like crazy James Wan trench monsters. But, okay. then you may, but then you make. I thought it was a, movie, a trench movie about a bunch of people not even speaking. <laughs> That's it. And I was like, "Wait, what is this?" But then, you, but then you take Black Manta and you make him a hero. Only in Aquaman two, where he's going to be a villain again. So it's like, no, no, not a hero. I'm just saying maybe he has to go there to like get something, you know, like to kill Aquaman. Like that was his game plan. I don't know, dude. I didn't give it a lot of thought. <laughs> My point was, if you give me Black following up See? on Black Manta. DC didn't they didn't give it a lot of thought either. That's <laughs> my, that's, that's my whole point. Contrary to what some fans of ours are on our page might believe, I am not employed by DC or Marvel. You know, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a sticker. It's not my work badge. Yeah, but, I I think I've I think I've crapped on enough DC movies to uh to to have my name in the clear on that one. Because I like some of them and I hate some of them. <laughs> No, I think I've been fair with it. I, yeah. I think that you know, I don't sit there and tell you that the whole DCU is great, but I think some of them are better than you know some. They're not the worst thing in the world. It's just that whenever you hear people you mention DC to somebody now, like you know someone hasn't really read comics or anything, they just roll their eyes like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, no, I mean the shit we talk about on this show that we're going to talk about coming up. There's some good CW stuff, and yeah, their their HBO Max stuff is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It really like, is. Doom Patrol this week was. I, I'm excited to talk about it. It yeah. was really good. Yeah. Well, all right. I guess let's let's get to that stuff though. But uh, all right, Tim. Thanks for for checking us out. We'll see I'll, if you I'll, want to. I'll, I'll take a little break and I'll see if I can pop back in for the unamazing. Watch a, watch a highlight reel on YouTube if you want. Oh, yes. The lizard with with the trench coat, comics accurate lizard, wants to say goodbye before you leave. All I'm saying is lab coat. Lab coat for life. That's lab coat for life. That's right. <laughs> That's right. a t-shirt. <laughs> all right, guys. I'll check you out. Later all right, later. Later. So, all right. Well, let's get on to it. Let's uh, discuss because I know it's airing tonight. So yes, we are a little behind, but it's yeah. Right. Well, I mean, well, here's the thing, and here's the thing. That's going to happen because no matter what night we go on, the CW 
will continue to do this shell game of moving their stuff around. Because the whole reason we landed on Wednesday night in the first place, we were originally Tuesday. I don't know if the audience knows this, but mm-hmm. the whole reason we landed here was because CW went, ah, we're going to put Flash on Tuesday. And now they're like, well, we're going to put Legends on, on Wednesday. And it's like, guys, can you take our show into consideration when you put your shows together? Can you please? I mean, uh, next I mean, time I'm in a meeting in my work, I'm going to discuss this. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, let's... <laughs> <laughs> nice, nicely done. Um, yeah, all right. So, uh, Jason, talk us through uh, season seven, episode three, which was their hundredth episode. It was their hundredth episode, which is why we get a lot of the old legends back. We get uh, Brandon Ruth is back. I'm always happy to see that guy. He's, oh yeah, he's great. Um, I miss him on the show a lot, actually. Um, his wife comes back, who was in the sh- like his wife oh, in the no. show and in yeah. real life. Um, who becomes the fairy godmother, which I love. Um, they even get Captain Cold back, and it's always I love that actor. Like yeah, he's I, really good. I started watching this show the first season because I loved that actor so much, and I just liked his Captain Cold, and so I'm always happy to see him back. Um, and let's see, oh, Rip Hunter's back. Like we're getting the gang back together, except you notice who is not there. Hawkgirl. Uh. Well, no, actually, to be honest, I forgot Hawkeye and Hawkeye were in the show. Um, but they make it a point to say that Mitch Rory is passed out on the floor and you see like an extra that looks like him on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I get that you couldn't get him back because technically he just left, but you didn't have to bring attention to it. That was kind of a weird choice. Yeah, that was weird. Um, but I think it was a really fun episode. Uh, the whole thing is Gideon, who's now a human being because of the spell that Astra puts on, um, pretty much is trying to reconcile her programming versus her, hu- versus her humanity now. And they go into her head using magic, Spooner and Astra, and they see a British version of uh, Jefferson, who was half a firestorm. Which is great, by the way, because that's actually, like... His regular voice. Oh, is that just his voice? That's why he was yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah, he's actually he got to like actually speak like himself, which I thought was interesting. Because I'm so amazed by when some of these actors, you just hear them speak with a British accent. Like, it's, wait, what? It's like oh. the dude from Get Out, right? I had the same yes, thing when yes. I saw him on Black Mirror. I'm like, what? Yeah, when I saw Christian Bale, I heard him in an interview the first time, blew me away because I'm like a certain American psycho, which we both love. And uh-huh. uh, and then I think it was like probably promoting Batman Begins. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, well, okay. also, Christian Bell has that crazy thing where if he's promoting a movie while he's promoting it, yeah. he stays in the accent of the character. Like, mm-hmm. I love I love that man, but he's nuts. <laughs> yeah, he is. He, he really gets into it. Um, all right, so, so pretty much, I don't want to linger too much because, you know, it, it's a fun episode, but there's not a whole lot going on. It's pretty much Gideon has to go through her memories to relearn all of the things she learned from the the legends and sort of become her own person and, and be an actual person and not a machine. Um, Oh, Victor Garber's back. The other half of Firestorm. I love that guy. That guy was in, um, in the original Sweeney Todd on Broadway. Wasn't Uh, he lost also? He was uh, not not lost. He was on alias. Alias. Okay. He was was. Jennifer Garner's dad. And I've seen way too many episodes of that show. (laughs) Um, But I, I I think like that guy's top notch. I always love one. So he's like, they're singing show tunes with Gideon. Gideon does a lot of karaoke and a lot of singing in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which I'm for it. Um, I wonder if you caught the the other cameo. 
Which which one? What did I did I miss one? During the fight scene with the Lance, oh, when the because um, they have to pretty much like fight some of the legends throughout it. Yeah, they fight the, the the Lances, which I'll refer to them as the two Captain Lances. Um, there's a fight there, and Bebo. Oh there's yeah, a, yep. there's a Bebo that say which we haven't seen Bebo in a yeah. while. We haven't seen Bebo in a while. Yeah, and I did catch that. I have its own separate note. Just one word, Bebo. Okay. No, I- <laughs> <laughs> um, we learn that Rip Hunter actually officially fucks over each and every one of the legends at some point because the reason Gideon's having this issue is because he reprogrammed Gideon to take care of the legends and prioritize the legends over the time stream, which it was against what her initial programming was and what was causing all of this. So she has this internal struggle. She gets better. She's part of a team now. She's going to go steal a pie for, for the gals. Um... Another important thing we we know we see is that Bishop is back, but it's not the evil Bishop that they killed with the Ziggurats. It's the Bishop they stole from the time stream to help them. And he apparently made a copy of Gideon's uh, AI and has it. And so this obviously is where the second Gideon who, who strands them in the 1920s comes in. Like we now see kind of where this isn't. I like that they're bringing in that Bishop because I do, th- I like that actor. I thought that character was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think this version of the character in the timeline is different enough to have a lot of fun with. So I'm glad they brought him back. So overall, I enjoyed this episode. Still on board with it. I, I, I There was one thing before we move on I wanted to mention too was there was a little bit of retconning that happened. <clears throat> oh. So did... when there's, remember there's that scene where they go back to one of her memories that's like a holiday. They decide to celebrate all the holidays together. Yeah. Because they're usually so busy and things like that, so they kind of mix up Halloween and Fourth of July and Christmas and all of that. Gary goes and makes a comment about advice about eating. Yes, people. that was weird. And I was like, "Oh, wait a second! So you're retconning it that it was kind of already secretly in there, <sighs> wink, wink, before we knew about it." Yeah. That, it seems like that didn't rub you the right way. That well, I mean, here's the thing. I think I was very open, which I uh, last season that I thought them just making Gary an alien out of nowhere kind of was ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. even for this show, it was kind of far fetched. Whatever I rolled with, it, it's not the end of the world. But um, but yeah, I, I what I'm what I'm willing to bet is the show read a lot of reviews that said that I can't imagine the only person who had that thought. And they went, you know what, while we're doing this, let's just throw this in there and pretend that we did actually have this planned. And, you know, I mean, whatever, it, it was a moment, it passed, it wasn't the best moment, but again, this show, this show is just so much fun that I, I have a lot of good nature toward it. So I can forgive a lot. Yeah. I, I can understand. I, I was fine with it. I thought it was, I, I actually laughed. A little bit when I saw that because I was like, all right, whatever, I get it. Well, um, yeah, that that actor good. is funny too. So when that yeah. actor goes like, oh no, I mean, for gingerbread man, you eat the arms first for gingerbread man. Like, just because he's funny, that worked, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it works. So, yeah, I kind of felt it was pretty much like a lot of shows when they get to like a 100th episode or 200th episode, they're like, all right, let's, we'll kind of like simplify the story for the episode. And we'll just make it about cameos, and I get it. You're celebrating the show. It, it, it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I was there for it. Um, all right. So another show that we're kind of uh, digging. I'm, I'm. I've been really excited to talk about this with you. Is been Batman, Batwoman, season three, episode three. And it's funny that I slipped saying Batman 
because yeah. this season has been all about really kind of like reinforcing Gotham, mm-hmm. and we're seeing a lot of Batman villains pop up. And this week is kind of reference. I was, I was actually very happy that they didn't go with a new Mister Freeze instead. Me too. There was like we dealt with a lot of Mister Freeze stuff, but it wasn't like the same thing over and over and over again. So I thought that was a smart choice on on their part. Um, so, but the key things is we find out that Nora Freeze is alive, and that she kind of like got unfrozen and aged out, and age is like time is catching up to her pretty rapidly. Yeah. So seems like it would make sense. Which I find interesting. I don't know if the science is there, but I thought it was an interesting twist because you expect Nora to look young. Yeah. And this Nora is not. And it's a very different Nora Freeze than I think we've ever gotten. So I thought it was an mm-hmm. interesting choice that worked for them. Yeah, I thought it worked for me. Um, and then Nora pretty much... Uh, I thought one of her, her best scenes was... And, and I don't know. I don't know why I just I enjoy it so much. So there's a scene where um, Nora is pretty much kind of like taken hostage by Alice briefly, and she's got like a knife yeah. to her throat, right? And she's telling Mary like, "You need to take these nanobots out of me, this tracking device, or I'm gonna kill her." And she was like, "Do it." Yeah. I was like, "Wait, what?" She's like, "Yeah." <laughs> tells Alice, "Just do it. Kill me. You want me to kill you?" And she's like, "Yeah." You know something? Whatever. It is what it is. Time's catching up. Why get in the way of it? Like, whatever. And she just, like, frustratingly lets her go. It's like, you're the worst, like, yeah. you're the worst ever. Like, why, why am I doing this? How are you going to be a hostage for this? And that was like, an, I thought it was good. That was an incredibly fun moment. And I have to say, I found Alice very fun in this episode. Like, yes, yes. like I have a note. I love that Alice is just hanging out in the Batcave. And then I had to put, no, seriously, I'm not being sarcastic. Like, I kind of loved that. Like, no, but I really like that because she's just hanging out. And they're like, what are you you doing? Like, even they're annoyed with her. And she's just, like, being her in the Batcave. And eh, it doesn't make much sense they would bring her to the Batcave. But it's still fun. I mean, like, my big problem with last, last season was it wasn't fun. And they had nothing for these characters to do that made sense with each other. And they've rectified those two problems. So, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I was down for this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. So I also think we – so we, we also – my WTF moment, though, of this episode. And see I, if we it's were the same. We're waiting to see this. Was during the car chase. All right. So there's a car chase that happens. <laughs> so pretty much there's a group of people that we don't really find out a lot about that wants to get – you know, the, uh, you know, Mr. Freeze's, like, technology and everything like that. They kind of want it. They want to know how it works, everything to do with it. And that's why they're after Nora and stuff like that. And Nora's sister was helping her out. And maybe they're trying to, like, cure her again and put her back on ice. But they end up trapping Batwoman at one point, And they're going to freeze her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that happens. And then she can't pretty much, she's on a comms talking to Batwing. Uh, pretty much saying, he's like saying, listen, I'm on my way, I'm on my way. You can't fall asleep. Because if you fall asleep, you're going to die. Like hypothermia is going to set it and that's it. So then Soapy gets on and she's talking to her and stuff like that. And I was like, then it turns to some like flirting that kind of happens. And that's not the WTF moment. Because I was like, really? But yeah. then she gets out, gets in the, uh, you know, with Batwing, they get into the Batmobile, which still hate this Batmobile. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. I, yeah, it's not, yeah, no. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's not the worst, I can say. No. 
Batman Forever and Ro- and Batman and Robin still got that kind of crap going on. Yeah. It's better than that, but still. So they're chasing down these villains on a bridge where the villains go and drop a bomb back, blow a part of the bridge. Oh. There's a space <laughs> missing. Okay. Batwing flies out, takes the freeze stuff, freezes it, so they have room to go over, which I'm like, um, all right, I'm on board. But then they kind of do this whole thing and get past it, and the villains are right there. The villains <laughs> yeah. waited for them to do all of this to catch them? What the fuck, man? Okay, fair enough. You know what? I saw that. That killed but- me. I saw that but didn't clock that. That is I, I thought you I actually thought you were going to have like several WTF moments there. Oh, I want to hear yours, and, but and I was going to defend them, but that one, you're right, that's indefensible. If what they are they were doing? Just down the way, they just waited for them to do this whole production, which was cool, but like you don't need to they're not gonna wait for them. They're like, yeah, all right, let's go. Maybe that was it. Maybe the driver went, well, this I gotta see how this turns out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was really cool, I thought, but My WTF moment comes from when we find out what happened to Nora Freeze when she was released. She got confused because of the lapse in years and the fact that she started to rapidly age. So they did to her what they do to everyone in Gotham and they threw her in Arkham Asylum where she escaped and is currently living as like on the lamb from the law because she woke up and was confused. Yeah, Angie called that out immediately and was like, uh, what? And I was like, wait, well, that's what they do to a lot of people in Gotham, unfortunately. I mean, it's like, you know what it is? It's like the 1950s. Like, uh, oh, oh, you're a, you're a colored person. Well, uh, go into the insane asylum. You're a homosexual. Well, go to the insane asylum. You're a woman with a thought in your head. Go to the insane asylum. Like, that's Gotham. For Like, oh, you're confused? Arkham Asylum. You robbed a bank? Arkham Asylum. You don't know how to tie your shoe? Arkham Asylum. Yeah, it was a little weird. It was that, 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 that was a weird choice. Um, and it, ma- it made me think, did Alice know her? Alice spent time in Arkham Asylum. Like, yeah. Like, they, that's never addressed. Like, it, like she was in Arkham Asylum with half of these freaking Batman villains. Like, that was never addressed. Yeah, I thought that was pretty weird. Um, <sighs> in, in the episode, though, there's also Ryan meets her brother. She has, like, an adult brother and mm, somebody who kind of, yeah. like, proposes this, like, business team up which doesn't really get followed up on too much besides her just kind of saying no and that's it. I just feel like there's going to be more to that. Yeah, I'm sure that's a, they're setting up for something. And I like that guy. He's I think he's charming. Yeah, no, he, he was cool. Um, but then we find out, you know, Alan's, Allison's, Alice's delusions are followed up with, again, because we find she had the delusions where her father was writing to her and stuff like that. So she's dealing with that kind of crap. Uh, Mary routes out Luke. Yep. Which I was like, um, okay, so now, you know, pretty much saying, telling our Ryan and everyone else that he's having like PTSD from being shot and everything like that. And that's why the suit's kind of like sort of acting up, but it turns out he shut off the failsafe. Um, but we kind of, and yeah, and then is the Ryan and Sophie thing they're setting up. They're pushing because they kind of get flirty at two points in this episode. Yeah, they're they're definitely pushing the the romance between those two. So let they, me. No, they no, have I'm a sorry. moment at the end, right? Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, twice. One time it was there, and then Luke is even like, uh, "Oh, are you flirting with her?" And yeah, she's like, right. "No, no," like playing it off, and you obviously can tell that it was kind of like a thing. But meanwhile, they just hated each other last season. It's like um, okay, but also you're setting up Luke and Mary as well. So it was the whole 
that team's going to be dating each other like That's in a right. matter of next week or two. Let's just say they're going to be called the Bat Family for legal reasons. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that sleazy enough? I was trying to get real uh, No, no, that was good. That was good. I like that. No, no, you, you didn't nail that. Uh, but I, I guess the crazy thing that happens at the end of this episode, though, is that um, Nora Freeze and her sister oh. are chatting on a bench talking, right? And all of a sudden, Mary's kind of like observing from and listening in and eavesdropping. Then a vine shows up. Holds her by her ankle and like zips yeah. her away into the bushes. That was crazy. I didn't that, see that one coming. I did not either. And I hope again. I hope that this confirms what we said we we wanted was that yeah, it's going to be like Batman villain two but it's going to be the real Poison Ivy. Like that's where I'm hoping this is going. Yeah, and that could be happening now. When we're could recording. be. I mean, who knows? Who knows? We will. Right. We will. We will discuss next week. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I hope it's not a, another 2.0. Give us the original, the OG Poison Ivy right. of the CW verse, and I think that would be a smart way to go with it. Yeah, because you give us one Batman villain, and she's like a secondary like character. She's you know she's not top tier like the Joker. I think she's probably second tier. So yeah. you know, not too big, but not too obscure. You know, it's like. Yeah, we don't need the real Mad Hatter. You can give me the Mad Hatter 2.0, but someone like yeah. Poison Ivy, nah, we, we need the real thing. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Even though, just not to get into it too much, but on my, uh, as I took a flight to Kansas City this past weekend, going there, I watched Batman Long Halloween Part 1 and watched Part 2 on the way back. And did you watch both of those? I did. They're crazy. Uh, they were, that was a really, really good adaptation. It was. It was very, very close to the comic. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And we get Poison Ivy, which is what I, I yeah. brought up with this. And Mad Hatter as well. So, yeah, everyone and their mother is in Long Halloween. Yeah. Spoiler alert if you haven't read it or, or watched it yet. Yeah, or, or even seen the cover, which yes. has everyone and their mother on it. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like, <coughs> ironically, the Riddler, though, not in it. I know, right? No yeah, Riddler. Yeah, it's kind of a random choice. No love for the Riddler. <laughs> Um, so all right, let's let's keep it moving on. Uh, Stargirl season two finale, which was last night. So let's throw up the spoilers since we're if you haven't seen Stargirl season two finale and you're interested, you can cut off now and come back, you know, when you get a second. Um, yeah, so this whole episode is pretty much you know, JSA versus Eclipso, JSA plus, because I mean, they pull out. Everybody, everybody in the kitchen sink. It is crazy, and I get it. Like Eclipso has been this powerful, uh, so there's this crazy fight with the JSA and Cindy versus Eclipso that start that that kind of like kicks off the episode. Um, then Eclipso ends up putting together like these like mirror matches for the team to fight. Like Pat fights another version of Pat, and Cindy fights like a younger version of herself, which was creepy. And then you know. Stargirl is trying to pretty much shoot with the cosmic staff, little creepy uh, uh, Eclipso yeah. for most of it. Um, and then Beth watches another Beth antagonize her family, her parents for fighting and stuff like that, and pretty much like does that with him and uh, like uh, Beth and um, Doctor McKnight are, are watching that happen. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in there. Um, but the crazier thing, though, is that later on when we catch up um, 
with our man, when he shows up for the fight, he doesn't have his hour, you know, stuff. He can't put it together. And um, he brings Solomon Grundy into the fight. Solomon Grundy gets a fucking hole put through him by a clip yeah. and kills him. Yes, he does. That was that was unexpected. Yeah, I did not see that one coming. I was like, I was happy. I was excited to see Solomon Grundy in the fight. Like, I yeah, we, we've been talking about how I felt it was a smart move to turn him into kind of like a good guy this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to see him put down like that, and you know, they they tease at the end, he's mm-hmm. not really dead. You know, I, the shade who's back to life, which you know, the fact that the shade who's come back to life is saying this, he shows up at the end, and he goes, Ah, don't worry, our man, that's not Ben Parker in that grave, and he walks away, and we all know what that means. <laughs> No, he doesn't say that, but he does yeah. say like he, he'll come back. Like, yeah, kind of him in the right version. place at the right time and stuff like that, and yeah. it'll be fine. And I thought it was actually pretty sad that he's getting buried with like the apple tree. Yeah, the I, apple. I did that too. That was sad. I did too. It was a nice touch for the the writers on that one. Yeah. So basically, we find out Eclipso's plan is to get Star Girl to threaten him and to embrace her darkness, and she eventually does. <clears> she says she hates him and stuff like that, and he kind of like takes her over. And that's where we get that, like, part of her face and her eyes are red and all this other stuff. And she becomes, like, evil Stargirl for a little while. Um, and then the shade shows up pretty much as saying, oh, yeah, I'm not dead. I mean, yeah, I, like, I have some issues with this episode, which we'll get into. Yeah. But that moment was my biggest issue. Because that, that was a cop-out. Like, they, they like, McKnighter goes... Well, what was that business in the theater with death, with, with the dying? And the shade just goes, oh, Dr. McKnight, you've always known I have a flair for the dramatics. Like, no, that's not an answer about how you came back to life. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I have some, like, I'll wait till you're finished, but no, I have I'm some sorry. issues with, with this episode that I, I want to kind of go through because I loved this season. I've championed this season. And I whereas I don't think this was a bad finale, I think it is not. Uh, it's not befitting the rest of the season. It's not a good. They didn't stick the landing, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I thought. Well, whatever. We'll we'll get yeah. to some of the points here, but. Um, yeah. So pretty much, the shade goes out and, and helps Beth save her parents, and after faking his own death, uh, but then the crazy the cavalry shows up. Fucking Starman. That was cool. Shows up where so he was just walking the entire season and kind of just shows up. Yeah, during that, the battle at the end, the fact that he shows up when he shows up is part of my problem. I do think, however, it's cool that he's part of that final battle. Like, yes, agree. My, my issue isn't that he's there. My issue is that there was not enough with him to justify what the hell he's been doing this whole time. Yeah, which I'm hoping they talk about because we kind of find out that he's going to be around next season. Yeah, yeah, training he's Courtney. So that's cool. In the basement. Yeah, pretty much. And he's going to be training it. He's not there to collect the staff or anything like that. But he kind of plays a huge part in getting Courtney to embrace the light and stuff like that and to, like, get them – get Eclipso. I think Eclipso took her over or something like that. So Eclipso kind of, like, frees her. He's a big part of that, and he acknowledges, you know, if it worked if – the, if the cosmic staff worked for you, then the light is in there. It's strong. It, it's never wrong like that. So, you know, kind of yeah. go for it. Um Sportsmaster and his wife show up because they it. were apparently broken out of prison again, and they're uh, like, yeah. All right, "We're here." I I loved again. It made it was just oh yeah, ooh, our daughter broke us out. How? All right, whatever. I yeah. like that they're there. 
it doesn't really make sense how they're there. And it doesn't make it even doubly doesn't make sense at the end when we find out that they buy the house next door and they're now neighbors. It's like, I thought you broke out of prison. How the hell did you get a mortgage for that house? <laughs> That's, that is true. There's, there's a lot of answering that this show's going to have to do next season, but what the hell happened? Yeah, time. yeah. I to be honest, I think my biggest problem with this episode it should have been two seasons. It should have been two episodes. Like I think they try to do so much in this one episode, and it's at the expense of the nuanced setup that I've come to expect from this show. Like at some point in this episode, things just happen. Yeah, and and I never like that. Like, and, and this show is better than that. Like, if you remember at the beginning of the season, we talked about certain things that happened and we and we were like yeah no they'll get back to it i have trust in them mm -hmm. so it's like you know for the fact that okay starman just shows up at the right time as do the crocs well if this were a two-parter you could have given me some foreshadow on both of that you know what i mean yeah um you know and it just seems like so much and then the shade coming back like if you if it were a two-parter you could actually have a dramatic moment where he returns and a reason and look it's easy his powers come from the shadow realm just yeah i you know i died but I, it looked like i died but my body took me back to the shadow realm to heal and here i am boom a fucking line guys yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I had fun with the episode overall, but yeah, there's the second half of this episode where things just start happening. They just kind of rushed it, and that, and that was it. And again, I, I think we're on the same page, though. We like what happened, we just don't like how we got there. That That's exactly it. Like, if they took more time, if there was one more episode setting some of this up, and it didn't. They didn't require everything to happen in this episode. I think if everything happened the way it did in this episode, but there was more connections in the previous, I think it would have been better. So yeah. that's it. It's it's not it's not how we go. It's not where we got. It's how we got there. So I, one of the things I did enjoy though, and I kind of and I called it in my head as I was watching the episode. I don't know if you did. So you know, um, they get Thunderbolts to join the fight that's and great. stuff like that, and the kids like. I wish Thunder. I wish Eclipso was turned to toast. My favorite part like, of the episode. Yeah, he showed. He's like, all right, but you know, knowing Thunderbolt, he's gonna take yep. it literally. But they're they're like all firing at him. Green Lantern's daughters, like, bang, you know, you know, his, her thing, you know, cosmic stab. Everyone's ever firing everything, and it eventually kills him. But then after it's all done, I was like, wait, tell me it happened. And then I yeah. see the little speck, and it was burnt toast. That was that is what they turned him into. I love the line where it's like, well, what do we do with him? Like, well, we're going to lock him up. Lock <laughs> yeah. up that piece of toast. Lock up that piece of toast. <laughs> that I thought was great. That kind of saved yeah. a lot of the whatever, what the hell is going on right now at that point. That, I, yeah, I, I th that was a lot of fun. And actually, when he wishes that, I'm thinking, oh, God, is that going to screw them over? Is it? And then, of course, you see everyone yeah. firing. And I'm like, all right, but they got to turn this guy into toast. And like when they did, I was like, yes, the toast. That was great. <laughs> That was great. Uh, so then we get a lot of aftermath, which is a lot of the end of the episode. Starman pretty much says he's going to hang out, and he's kind of like hanging out in their basement. And says, "Hey, Courtney, I'm not here to take the staff back, but I'm here to train you to show what it can really do." So we got a lot of Joe McHale next season, which is which is cool. I, I like him. Um, I do too. You know, he's yeah. a big he's a big like knife collector. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, I so and he's like best friends with Conan O'Brien. I listen to a lot of podcasts because I, I don't I can't sleep at night mm -hmm. a lot of times. So I listen to podcasts, play video games, and I listen to one called uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. 
and the best episode. And it's him just like talking to celebrities. It's Conan O'Brien. Yeah. But my favorite episode is him and Joel McHale because they're literally friends who like hang out all the time. And so it's like, you know, and they're just telling stories. And like, so Conan's like, hey, remember that time you brought that big knife to my house as a gift? And he's like, yeah, I was bringing knives. I collect them, you know? And it, it just, it, I'm, I'm listening. Like, it's like I'm listening into their friendship and their friendly conversation. I'm like, I'm learning a lot about these two gentlemen. And one of the things that Joel McHale is an insane knife collector. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea. That's awesome. Um, so then we find that Dr. McKnighter, apparently his wife was pregnant. And then Beth finds her, tracks her down. And they find that he has a son. So he's off to go ahead and do that. And he officially passes the torch on to Beth. Because she's even like, well, what if the world needs, you know, Dr. Midnight again? Well, like, and he says, well, they have one. Pretty much saying, you yeah. know, I... Seal of approval, you know, you're Dr. Midnight now. It's a great moment, actually, because the their their friendship is my or their relationship is my favorite in this season because Beth's parents, even now, they're that they're insanely doting on her. Uh now that they're back from wherever they the shade rescued them from. Yeah. It she still Beth still breaks my heart because they're still terrible parents. And and Dr. Oh, yeah. McNighter was like a, a really nice father figure for her, and I was hoping he'd stick around and nurture her. And but it was nice that he passed the torch. It was a nice moment. But I do think that they brought back the original Starman and Dr. McKnighter because yeah. they're going to use them again. Of course. They, so of they could have just said that they were dead otherwise. Of course. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, we get, like, a Green Lantern or something, like, just yeah. because they're going to explore the Green Lantern's daughter. So I, I'm sure there's more of that coming. Yeah. And they also have to explain another more explanation of how is Starman not dead? Yeah. Because even, you know, even Pat mentions that. Yeah. So we will probably get that next season. Um, Icicle's grandparents start telling their son as he's finished, oh, yeah. he finishes his funeral of his father, and they both have like these ice abilities, and they kind of just vaguely, you know, show to that. Finally, yeah, decides he's staying, which like that he's staying because I, again, I like that character, I like that actor, but like, why are you still alive? Yeah, like I, it's it bothers me. I couldn't I couldn't get over it because it was just. Again, look, if Legends tried to pull that off, I'd be like, oh, oh, you incorrigible Legends. All right, don't tell me how Mick Rory came back to life. You keep your secrets. But this isn't Legends. This this is Siri, more serious. The tone is very different. And it's kind of glaring to me. So I, I, I guess I can't get over it. But glad the shade's going to be around next season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, we, we mentioned that Rick, you know, buries Grundy, and then we'll probably see him come back as they allude to it. Uh, also, we get Cindy... Talking to Yolanda, who was back as uh, Wildcat, and pretty much tells her that she wants a second chance and kind of wants to join the JSA. Which I kind of liked because it really yeah. reinforces what we've been saying as a theme of this season is that there's a difference between bad and evil. And I think Cindy kind of proves that she might be bad, but she's not evil. I mean, she she took the stand and put her life on the line against Eclipso, whatever her reason, she did. Yeah. So I think it's. If they're setting up, and I think obviously that's what they're setting up, like having her maybe in the the JS the J, you know JSL and um, you know or or what a JSA or whatever they're going to be doing with her, um, I like the idea that they're going to be playing with her alignment. Right? Can she yeah. be trusted? Is she good? Is she bad? Is she evil? So I, I think that's set up for something interesting next season. And Cindy also had a moment earlier in the episode where she's kind of like reconfiguring herself after getting all beat up and everything like yeah. that, and then Yolanda's looking at her like. Gross, and she's like, she just looks at us like, whatever. Like, 
I'm yeah. just putting myself back together. <laughs> I actually started. I the character's grown on me. I actually me think too. Sydney's a good character. Me too. Well, I've always thought she was a good character, but yeah, no, so did I. But I mean, yeah. like, I think this season they've upped it more. I agree. I think like they gave her a lot more to do in the first. She spent half of that first season in a cage. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but um, the fact that they gave her so much to do, I think that actress really brings a lot to the role. And you know, again, there there is a duality to that character. She plays it well. So yeah, really good actress. Um, then we find out, as you mentioned, the Crocs move next door because they find out that the house that is open yeah. next to uh, next to Courtney and Pat and everything. So they're living next door, and then they hit you with Wham, Star Girl, Frenemies. Because that'll be the title for, yeah. next, for season three, and that'll be in 2022. And that's kind of, they just didn't mention when it's going to air. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a little bit of a post credit scene. Weird. I don't know where this is going. Do, is this, do you recognize this from the comic? From what I saw around, it was Mr. Bones. Oh, I don't even know who that. And is. they're going to set him up for like the next villain. All right. I mean, he looks creepy enough. He looks like the Red Skull, but, you yeah, know, his skull much. is white. I mean,. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess they're setting up the big bad for season three, is, is, is my guess. And titling it Frenemies is, makes me believe that we're going to see a lot of them all working together now or trying to coexist. Yeah, I, well, I think they said, like, I we I had read that they had signed the the actors who played the Crocs on for, more, for a bigger mm -hmm. role in the third season. And I think, like, the it, it just makes sense. If you remember back to that episode where they break out of prison and they're, like, hanging out with Pat, like... That was so much fun and so so interesting to watch. That how could you not want to like explore that throughout a season? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm for it. I yeah. just want some explanation of some oh, things. Same here. How they get look again? How they get that mortgage? Because as a guy who a couple of years ago just recently, and you too, right? Just recently got a mortgage. That shit ain't easy. No, it's not. Not at and all. You just if you just bust out of prison, they're not giving you a mortgage. Because guess what? They're looking for reasons to not loan you money. <laughs> Oh boy! So, all right. Well, that wraps up the season for Star Girl. Um, but we got Supergirl, who has, as we found out, has one more week left because next week is going to be a two-hour season finale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. It's okay. I'm, I'm okay. Um, you know, I can, yeah. I can see the show go. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, I guess you're pretty much. Uh, tell us how you really feel. Uh, um, you know, no, you know what it is. I, again, I've been very disappointed by this season. I, I um, it could have done better. And this episode isn't bad, but so many things come out of nowhere. Like, yeah. and that's that's the thing. It's not a bad episode, especially for what I've seen this season. We get a lot of good John Cryer. It's kind of confirmed that he is, in fact, in love with Nixley. Do you think so? I, I don't know. I mean, I still have my doubts because I'm he's Lex Luthor. Hope. I'm holding on hope. But so the, so the whole thing is this. So um, Rojas, who's the head of CatCo, all of a sudden, who has not been really a character at all the whole season for the most part, except for, yeah. you go do this, I'm your boss. You, She's like a female J. Jonna Jameson, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but so she decides out of nowhere that She's going to, I don't even know how she got it. I don't remember if the episode told us this, but uh, she gets Lex Luthor's personal like journals where he wrote about his love and wrote poetry for Nixley. Oh, they said, um, what's his face leaked it to them? Um, no, but but he didn't, right? Like that's, or did he and she published it without his knowledge? Because he was pissed off about that. She published it without 
Uh, she published it without the knowledge of there, but it was set up by Otis. Otis supposedly gave Oh, them, okay. Yeah, Otis, Otis gave it to them, but we find out at the end of the episode that Lex was fine with it. Yeah, Lex is the one who set the Otis. Okay, so again, like to be honest, I also was watching my son with Supergirl because I, I that was the last thing I watched before I put him to sleep. So if I miss some stuff, I will, you know, I'll I'll give it to it. But I do feel that like uh, that her character just comes out of nowhere. She's like, no, I'm gonna do this, and it's like, uh, and she publishes it, and she has this whole fight with um the 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 reporter who is from India. Like, I didn't realize that because he's so, he doesn't look like he's from India and he doesn't yeah. sound like it. So I, and it, they, they never mentioned it before, but it became a mention in this. So I thought it was interesting to point out. Um, and, and so he gets mad and then he, he winds up get, getting really in tight with the super friends. He's decides that they're, they're having um, David Bowie and uh, Kelly are having their, sort of like wedding party and he says that he'll babysit Esme so they can all have a good time. It's like a um, co-bachelorette party? It's yeah, oh that's it. Yeah. It's it, I knew it was something wedding related. Yeah. Um and then so we find out that again again this kind of comes out of nowhere but Brainy's got to go back to the future and save the world. So yeah, he's going to be gone next next episode. Back to the future, guys. I can't believe this message is coming only an episode before the end of the season. Um, well, they got to tie up loose ends, though. Yeah. Apparently, as the as the show wraps up next week, I know. But like, is is Brainy being here a loose end? Like, he came here, he switched places with their tech guy like halfway through the series, and he's been here for years. And I again, I just rewatched this show. I don't remember it ever being a condition that at some point he had to go back and join the Brainy Collective. So this kind of yeah. just seemed to come out of nowhere for me. I think they just needed a way to to write him out because, as we saw with the promotions for uh, Armageddon for the Flash, that'll be in two weeks. We know they're not going to end a lot of these characters like permanently. Yeah, but I guess some of them are going to go away, and they'll just need a way to explain why they're not around anymore. I guess. I guess. I, which is fine. I just wish that this would have been set up more than a, an episode before. Like, yeah. why wasn't this something that we found out in one of the many episodes we were in the Phantom Zone? That this is something that's coming. Like, make that a through line. Make Brainy. Because I literally have a note. Like, did I miss something? Why are there? T- yeah. Well, they also, well, they finally confirmed the misunderstanding that we had. You're breaking up a lot. I think we got a little technical difficulties here. Um, all right. Might want to sign sign out and sign back in. Jason is frozen. All right. Well, yeah. So we're pretty much, you know, confirming that finally that. Um, Brainy and Dreamer, I mean, I guess they have a relationship, something that we didn't weren't really sure of because they were kind of very vague about it. Like to see that that's, you know, finally there because he's pretty much heartbroken most of the episode. Let's get this. Oops, sorry about that. Yeah, so that's pretty much something that we were wondering and confused about for most of the season. So 
that's one thing that is. Oh, there we go. Sorry, technical difficulties. Maybe we should put Patreon together to get me better internet service. <laughs> we should. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but sorry about that. So, um, where where did where did we miss off? We were talking about the the two brainies, right? Yeah. Well, I was telling you though that they, or telling the audience as well, that they pretty much finally confirmed that Brainy and Dreamer have a relationship because he's heartbroken about having to yes. leave her and everything like that. That was made extremely, extremely clear. In this episode, at least. It was. And I'm glad that they decided to take the second to last episode to clarify that relationship. After, in the last season, kind of making it look like they break up because Brainy's too much. And then not addressing it for an entire season. It's good to know that they're tying up loose ends in the second to last episode. That's it. That's that's what the episode revolves around a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, oh, what else? Um, I thought the ending was solid. All right, I'm going to give you that. I'm looking at my notes. I, I because you know why you know why the ending was solid because it ends on a fucking Lex note. That's why. Yes, and it's an awesome Lex note where he's got the reporter at gunpoint because they need Esme for something. We don't know what. We'll find out. That's what I um, called. Also. I did call that. You did call that. You yes. absolutely called that. Um, and uh, they find Esme, and he he's got, uh, Lex has got the reporter at gunpoint. He's like, oh. All right, then. Well, I guess I'm done. And he walks out and he goes back and he goes, oh, I almost forgot something. And he shoots him. And I knew he was going to do that, but it took nothing away from how how cool it was to watch John Cryer do that. And that's when he tells him that he set that whole thing up. Um, You know, and that's kind of the episode. You find out something important that's going to play out, I'm sure, next week. Because I I think you're right. Like, they've confirmed that Lex is in love with her, but this is Lex Luthor. And if he put that, if he, if his machinations were to leak that, he's got a, he's got a plan. That's where I started wondering. I'm like, you know something? Yeah. He needs her. Was they emphasize in this episode that Lex needs her to fall in love with him or to believe him and to trust him in yeah. order to get that love uh, totem to re- to manifest itself and a trust, you know, totem as well. So I'm so whole. I still think that he did this on purpose. I think we're going to find out that he killed her in the future. Oh, okay. That would that would save this. Well, I wouldn't know. And he the wants season, the but... whole he wants all the totems. I forgot what the heck the thing is called again when they're all collected, not the Infinity Gauntlet, but oh, know, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, I forget what it's called too. Whatever. They're quote unquote Infinity Gauntlet pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I think his end game is that he wants that. And then that that's what I'm hoping for cuz you get a lot of cool Lex shit in this episode, but I don't like him as this like love, love sick puppy. Yeah, same here. That is kind of willing to play second fiddle to Nick's leaf. Same here. Yeah. No, that's not my sleuther. No, it's it's not. And I guess I was thrown because of the trust totem, right? The trust totem yeah. does confirm that he's telling the truth, but he's uh, such a good liar. He can destroy he, a fucking yeah. uh, lie detector test in two seconds. And also, like. It, you know, it said like the poetry was real. Like, I, 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 if I really wanted to, I would watch that scene again to look at the wording to yeah. figure out like how Lex is cheating it. But I'm not watching the episode again. I actually, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I did watch this episode like like an hour before we went on tonight. Uh huh. I enjoyed it. Okay, I actually enjoy. I, I will admit, I enjoyed this episode much more than I have for a lot of these this season. I'm not saying it was outstanding or anything, but I wasn't bored really at any moment. And it kept me entertained. And the I, I just thought it was a very good ending. And I was like, all right, I'm excited for a finale now. 
I, I guess, as I said, it's it's not that this was a bad episode. This is actually one of the better episodes for the season. Mm-hmm. I just this is your second to last episode, and you're still you're still setting things up. And at this point, we should be knocking things down, not setting. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. at this point, uh, I, I should be more confident where we're going. And we and, get to see some John Jones kicking ass, by the way, which we very rarely get to get. Very rarely get to see, yeah. And and I I think I've professed my love for that actor and that character so many times on the show. Yeah. So all right, well, we got a two. So with Stargirl wrapped up, I guess that's what it's gonna be. Next Tuesday night is the two-hour yeah. series finale of Star of Supergirl. So we'll see how it wraps up. Um all right, Jason. Well, Doom Patrol right. season three, episode eight. We'll wrap up our shows for the week with this one, and then it's movie time. All right, I'll take my time with this then. Um, <laughs> so this is a trippy episode, even for Doom Patrol standards. Yes. And what the eternal flagellation is, is everyone's conscious mind is replaced with the unconscious mind from the memory, the, the, like the most embarrassing or worst memory or most painful memory you have. And the only way out of it is for your, for you to make different decisions when you're in the unconscious memory. So Vic has a very, very poignant memory where he's a kid in a toy store and he's going through toys a bit roughly, like, but he's a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like kind of looking, looking and like tossing to the side and what he's looking for is a black superhero. And there are none. And the white manager comes over and starts treating him like a, like a, you know, a, perp pretty much and his dad comes over and smooths it over and his father pretty much says um you like you can't you, you can't do that you you don't have the luxury of having a moment where you're angry and throwing toys um and he says you want a black superhero here and he gives him like a, a sergeant tony doll or something like that lieutenant tony doll. It's, it's an army doll yeah. and so vic becomes the doll yeah, because he's the superhero. Because he's the yeah, the superhero. And so the whole I'll, I'm gonna do it like um character by character. I think it's just easier. Yeah. So Vic's whole thing is that that and this is so poignant, this was the day he stopped being a child and became a soldier. And it, the day where he, he stopped allowing himself to be imperfect at all and, and, and sort of be it do anything except what he needed to do. And so that's kind of what he's getting, like he's trying to work through. Um, Crazy Jane becomes a puppet along with all of the other uh, alters and the real K, I think her name is, uh, is the, is the actress. She's the person. Um, And they have underground Avenue and it's sort of like a children's show with puppets. Uh, And I thought that was really fun. Uh, and I, you know, it's again such a weird choice. Um, but the whole Jane's whole thing is, and this is interesting, I really want to see where this is going. Um, throughout the course of this episode, Kay gets rid of all of the altars, yeah, and she becomes the main. Like, Jane isn't in control, or even we don't even know where she is at this point. Um, so that was her, that was like sort of what she had to get over was because you see this in this episode and in the other episodes, the altars whose job is to protect the girl are sort of trying to hold her back because if the girl gets better, they go away and they know it. Yeah. You know, so self-aware. Exactly. So, so what Jane had to go through was sort of cleansing the altars, which I thought was interesting. 
Cliff meets Robot Man. I'm so, so happy to see Brendan Fraser in the flesh. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> it's such a great line. Just these two looking at each other, screaming what the fuck at each other. <laughs> um, and so Cliff's memory, which is awful, is the memory of when he left his child, his baby daughter in his car for a day to go to a strip joint. And he has this wonderful monologue. I mean, you we you, we forget that Brendan Fraser can act. You know what I mean? No, he really like, can. But he creates this great monologue about how he grew up poor and just a, a nobody, like trailer park trash. And then he learned how to – he was racing and it was his ticket out. And all of a sudden he was important and he felt he felt like a god. And then he had a baby and he didn't want this baby. He didn't want this life, his life to change. And he – you know, he, he and he went to the car and he reveals, and I looked at my daughter and I felt nothing. And it's such a, like a moment where you go, wow. Like I, I thought that his thing was going to be, no, I've got to be a better father. I've got to be a better person. And his realization yeah. is he felt nothing. Um, So that was kind of his thing to go through. And he's got one of the most like sad and saddest endings. Cause if you remember when he was zapped out, he was using his daughter's credit card, which he stole to talk to like, you know, model porno models on like whatever chat service he's on. Yeah. Clicking on uh, click, click, and his daughter catches him and she's like, this isn't working. And he just goes, yeah, you're right. And it was so cold. It was like, wow. Like, so again, a lot going on in this episode. Um, and then Larry, uh, Larry's worst memory is the the day he got married because he tries to make his mother understand that this isn't right without outing himself and she's not hearing it. And he kind of it's made clear he gets married because she pushes him into it. Yeah. And he kind of re- he realizes this is the this is the day I started lying about myself to everyone. This is the day I stopped being who I am. Mm-hmm. So, like, there there's some really good emotional a lot of like, deep stuff here. Yeah, I mean, and then, and that's not even going into what we learn about Rita, who I love the fact that, like, stole the time machine, went back, did what she had to do, which I think that that's the only moment I think that could have been explained better. Like, she went to push herself back in to make sure that the events happened the way they were supposed to. And that's fine, but, like, that was such a big reveal that she was pushing herself back in, in the first place. I thought there'd be a better lead up, but. A lot going on this episode, so it's not a big deal. Um, but like, she's the one who brings on the eternal flagellation, and she's like trying to get to uh, Laura, who we find out is with the Brotherhood of Evil. That's how she gets the time machine. She's Madame Rouge, she's Madame Rouge, yeah. So it's like, I thought that was super cool too, because I knew that there was something, as my kids would say, like sus about her, and we knew there was something with the Brotherhood of Evil, but the fact that she gets the time machine specifically from the Brotherhood of Evil and becomes evil herself. And 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 there, the the moments those actresses have together are electric. They have such great like protagonist antagonist chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like when she when um, Madame Rouge goes and says goodbye to Rita for the last time before she time travels, mm-hmm. and she has that moment like it only felt fitting to say goodbye to you because you were actually the closest thing I ever had to a friend. And then Rita, like, like you know, you were always evil. You did this, 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 and this. And it's like she nails her psychologically. And Laura's like, I wouldn't admit this to anyone else, but you're right. Like, there was just some wonderful character stuff there. Yeah. 
Agreed. Um, let's see if there's anything else I need to hit on. Because I don't want to go too long. But, um, oh, that sounds like a bad comic book. General Tony, best line of the episode. Because yes. that was him describing the plot of the episode they were in. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, that's really pretty much it. Oh, and, and then, like, the way they get out is, like, one by one, they kind of break what they're supposed to do and go through a very trippy sequence of getting to each other's, like, memories and rescuing each other, which I thought was kind of fun and interesting. Um, and, yeah, the whole metaphor is, is uh, in my opinion, the whole metaphor was confronting and overcoming past trauma. The whole metaphor when you when you're in when you're in therapy to confront trauma, the whole thing you got to do is go back to the memories and sort of relive them so you can have the appropriate reaction. And that's literally what the eternal flagellation is. You go back to your worst memory until you have the appropriate reaction to sort of release you from it. So again, even the psychological things this episode was doing was goddamn brilliant. Um, and then then at the end, real quick, uh, Cliff is caught by his daughter. Kay's gotten rid of the altars. Larry goes back for his parasite and realizes that he's going to be a dad to it, which kind of cool. I don't know where it's going. Yeah. And Cyborg has the skin graft. He wakes up. His father's there, and he's a human being. So, uh, And then Rita gets her face off with Laura, which we'll see how that goes in the uh, next episode. But, yeah, I mean, great episode. I love this. It was one it of was my favorites. It was one of the best of the season. And like you said, for the reasons that it was so trippy, but you had it dealt with, like, so much real shit to unpack on it, yeah. Which is what this show does well. I mean, we joke around about how out there and crazy and bonkers this show is every episode, which it is. But this episode was possibly the strongest of the season. Agreed, and pro possibly the most bonkers, but yeah. in such a smart way. Again, it's crazy until you realize it's a metaphor for confronting trauma, and then it's not so crazy because you kind of see yeah. what they're doing. And the fact that they're able to take comic book characters outside of Cyborg, I've never heard of. And make me care so much about them, it's insane. Like it's such like the writing is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not on Doom Patrol yet, you really need to get on that because it's good stuff. It's on HBO yeah. Max, drops every Thursday. Check it out for sure. All right. Well, we got we were up to our movie of the week. So we've been pretty much going ahead and going through the live action Spider-Verse is what we're calling it, because we're doing a countdown leading up to Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes, and we we've are. got it lined up perfectly. I mean, we'll have a we're taking a quick break next week from the rewatch because we have Eternal, so that's the movie we'll be discussing next week. But this week, we <sighs> rewatched Andrew Garfield's and Mark Webb's Spider, the Amazing Spider-Man from 2012. Um, we talked about it earlier when we were talking about Morbius, so we kind of buried the lead a little bit with it. But this was again Sony's response to losing Sam Raimi to do Spider-Man 4, and they're like, all right, let's fast-track a reboot. And this is that reboot that we were referring to. Um, got a lot of balls calling it the Amazing Spider-Man, by the way. I just want yes, to say that. They got they got yeah. some serious co-jones oh, yeah. calling it the Amazing Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Uh, can, I, can I just get, tell you exactly how I see this movie? And, and I, I texted you, and I told you that I feel this movie, its existence, in my opinion, is pointless. Uh, like I know people are fans of this, and that's fine. I'm not. I'm not crapping on you, and, and you have your fandom. You enjoy it. I'm just saying for me. But here's why: watching this movie, it's very clear they sat down, watched the first Raimi film, 
charted all the important beats and go, ha, watch us do it better. And then they didn't. Because this movie hits so many of those same beats from that Raimi film, which came out, what, less than a decade before this? Uh, or maybe just maybe a little over a decade. Like it's it's not a long time. It was 2002. It was 10 years. Exactly. Okay. So it's exactly a decade. And I'm pretty much watching the same beat for beat movie, but a darker and edgier Peter Parker and the lizard who we'll get to that. What I that wasn't the lizard. I don't know what the hell that was, but that was not my good friend here, Dr. Kurt Connors, because there was no lab coat, there was no purple pants. Anyway. And it wasn't an actual lizard. And it, and it was a, yeah. And he was actually King Cooper from the Mario movie. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, it really does look like they sat down, watched Raimi's movie, tried to emulate it beat for beat and make it edgier and cooler, and it just doesn't play. It just doesn't for me. No, no this movie, <sighs> I, yeah, I I mean listen, they made the thing because they didn't want the rights to revert back to Marvel Studios, who was already underway building the MCU <clears throat> at that point. And they knew that they, you know, they were in some shit. So they so they had to go ahead and pump out a movie and fast track it. And it shows. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I understand they were going. They Listen, if you're going to reboot Spider-Man 10 years after you just had another series start, then, and five years after Spider-Man 3, you do need to make things different. And this is, yeah. And that's what we'll get to when we go, talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. That movie makes some choices, just like this one did, because you do have to differentiate yourself from what came before you. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think it works at all. Like, I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll, let's talk about it the way we've talked about the other three Spider-Man movies. This Peter Park is an asshole. Oh, he's an absolute like, He's an unlikable prick. He, I, I actually really can't stand the characterization of this Peter Parker. I don't. He, he actually doesn't learn the lesson from Uncle's Ben death that Peter Parker is supposed to learn because what he does after Uncle Ben is killed is goes on like this. Well, first he goes, oh, a luchador mask. I'm Spider-Man now. Well, he uh, yeah, he was like getting. Well, hold on. Let me bring back Tim. Right, because Tim, right. Tim, Tim is back. Ah, in this. Nice. I guess he, he kind of got he bumped his head like Harry and maybe forgot about something. <laughs> stuff on the chair. Well, I was flipping. I was like, let me see if they're talking about it yet. Because I saw you watch Doom Patrol. Then I was like, oh, the last time I saw it, I said Amazing Spider-Man. So let me go run this nonsense with you guys. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Jason, you were saying. So, yeah. So, like, what, what was I What was the, what, what were you hey, was just saying, Peter doesn't learn the oh, lesson. That's um, it. Even though they try to reword it differently. They try. Oh, great power comes with, yeah. great, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, so he watches, he watches Uncle get killed, get killed. And it's and it's not because like a, someone stiffed him on like pay like in the comic. It's because the guy wouldn't let him go for two cents. Like, and then the, the guy robs him and throws Peter Parker the chocolate milk or whatever it is he was trying to buy. Oh, that didn't okay, have two cents. And then like, oh, and by the way, uh, Uncle Uncle Ben is around here, and the guy's running, and and hey, stop him! And of course elderly old Charlie Sheen Uncle Ben's going to rough it up with this guy. And this guy didn't even, like, this This guy was, like, he robbed them, but, like, he, he was a thief, not a murderer. Like, there was nothing in his demeanor that made me think he was an indiscriminate killer. He just guns down Uncle Ben. It just, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. And then afterward, he is just a prick up until the the lizard inexplicably goes crazy on a bridge and he saves a kid and he goes, hey, 
maybe I can be a good guy. But that's like an hour and a half into the movie, way after Uncle Ben's death. And that's when he refers to himself as Spider-Man for the first time on, on a scene with the kid on a bridge. Um, I think a huge problem I have with, with that part of it, with Peter, is that this Peter Parker is on hell-bent on getting revenge for Uncle Ben's killer. He literally goes around New York hunting anyone down who fits the profile because he asks the police for the report and the, the drawing, the police rendering. So that's his kind of thing. And even Captain Stacy calls him out on it at one point. But then he just gives up on it, and it's never mentioned again. He never catches the guy and just WCW, poof, it's gone. It never happens, and it goes unresolved. Yeah. Well, well he, really? became, he became Spider-Man then. So he's like, well, I guess I can't hunt him down now that I'm Spider-Man. I don't know. I'm it's, just trying I'm just trying to make sense of it. It doesn't though. But I mean like they emphasize it and then it just never gets resolved. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's why I said uh, off air. This movie is like two movies stitched together. There's the Peter Parker origin stuff and all of that completely disappears and becomes a separate movie once we get to that bridge scene. And then they were kind of setting up this whole like secret mystery to unravel around his parents? Which I, I, I hated that. And I did, Which they, gets did, followed up on in the second one. Right. But for this movie, it's another one that kind of gets dropped and pushed to the side after the first like hour of the film. Well, that's the way he knows Dr. Connors, which again is stupid because in the comic... Peter is friends with Dr. Connors. Like it's heartbreaking that when he has to fight him because that is his friend and mentor. But here it's just, that's a guy who worked with your dad. Yeah. Not great. Not I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of that dude either. What's his name? The guy who played the lizard? Uh, Reese. Uh, Reese. Reese Fines. Fines, I believe his name is pronounced. Not a fan. <clears throat> um, I don't. I, I I liked him in replacements, and maybe in a couple of other things. Like in a replacement, you, know, you remember from the replacements? Yeah, no, I mean just like, in this movie, I, kicker, I, but... I, I didn't like him as as Doc Connors or. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem legit to me. Um, to get back to the Peter Parker being an asshole and not a hero thing, yeah. I caught this this time I watched it. I didn't catch it the one one time I saw it before, but. He does not go after the lizard because he wants to save the city. When he finds that Dr. Connor is the lizard, he runs right to the police station. He tells uh, Dennis Leary all about it. Dennis Leary doesn't believe him, but still checks into it. Nothing ever comes of that. Yeah. Um, and then he's flitting about and he sees a newspaper that says, uh, money for proof of the lizard. And he goes, ah, and he suits up and chases the lizard down to get a picture of him. It's like... Well, he lures him. He sets up a trap yeah, to lure him in there. He does. But but the whole thing is he's not doing that to save the city or make people safe or whatever for heroic reasons. He's doing it because he wants to make some money. And again, like, Peter Parker would capitalize on his heroic efforts to make some money, but that wasn't his motivation in going into becoming a hero. And yeah. that is not made clear in this in this uh, that scene of this this movie. So a, a lot of my notes about uh, for this movie are really revolving around Peter, and this is where this movie, besides a lot of shit that just doesn't make any sense. Um, so Peter starts off by the way getting into Oscorp by stealing some fucking other students' internship, and see the other kid getting dragged out of there, douche, yeah. total douche, not a good guy, and no. 
Not a good guy. Then gets and bit by the spider and then fights a bunch of people on the train, accident fighting. Right. He's discovering his power, so he happens to do these things, and he knocks them out. And, and that's, also, that's that's the equivalent of him fighting Flash in the original. It's like, dude, don't. Yeah, you, no. you went too far. Like you right. went too far with with the fight. You could have been a regular fight. No, no, you have to. All the spectacular stuff has to happen. It's like, come on. And talk about over the top. Like he's asleep on the in the train, and they, they start putting like empty beer bottles on his head. It's like. What are you doing? This doesn't. I I live in New York. A lot of crazy stuff happens on the subway. That doesn't happen. Yeah, that's just it's it's really crazy. And then then there's the scene with Flash. That's a basketball scene where he gets a basketball that happens to roll away. Number one, why are these people? There's a basketball game going on. We were we we went to school at, at one point. Why are these people just having this whole painting display right on the side of the court? Guess what? A basketball was bound to come over there at some point. I'm sorry. It was going to happen. And there's no gym class where they're going to allow that to happen either. It was just stupid. And then he has this weird thing where he gets the ball. He keeps trying to make Flash grab it over and over and over again. And then does this like weird dunk and breaks the backboard like Shaq. Weird. And no one no one questions that. No exactly. one's like... point. <laughs> you have to question it. it, like, it yeah. And no one does it. That's why it's so bad. And later on, like uh, there, he's sitting on the side of a football game because apparently that's where he hangs out. The man loves like high school sports, yes. but he's sitting on the side, like flirting with Gwen Stacy with some of the worst dialogue. I really like kissing you. It's a lot of fun to kiss you. <laughs> um, and, and then like he catches the football and absently throws it back, and it dents the goalpost. Nobody questions it either. And no one questions that? No, the head coach, the coach of the football team wasn't signed this guy up. Get out of here. Do you imagine like, if I did that in high school, Tim Connor would have been like, all right, motherfucker, you are you are on the team. I don't care what you do, what you say. You yes. want to graduate, you're on the team. Absolutely. Um, what about Stalker Parker? Just oh, following uh, Gwen Stacy around? No, Just he, taking he, pictures of her? Has pictures been, of her on her, his... His like wallpaper yeah, on his computer, insane. which he's got pictures of you. Apple. He's got pictures of you on your computer. So that was the next quote I was going for. <laughs> it's like, dude, this guy is like really, really unlikable. Peter Parker, so unlikable, like so unlikable, and he just looks smarmy. And I'm not saying Andrew Garfield. I'm saying this incarnation. Yeah. I actually don't know Andrew Garfield from anything else, so I I can't really say. But he was really good in Social Network. Oh, who is he in that? Uh, he's not Mars. No, he's not Mars Zuckerberg. Oh, uh, he's, he's uh, like a saffron. Uh, yeah. Ah, oh. he's the, a guy that got screwed kind of out of face. Okay. Yeah, I liked him in that. Okay, so it's it's not him. It's just it's what the what they're doing with him in this, and he's just you're right. He's so smarmy. He's such a douche. Like he keeps coming in through Gwen Stacy's window. <clears throat> like he's literally stalking her. Um. And like, and the, the whole skateboard thing. I don't need it, an extreme edgy Peter Parker. Like, give me the nerd. Give me the put upon guy. You know. Yeah, the only nerdy thing we get about this Peter Parker is that he's in really intelligent, and that's about it. Otherwise, he's just a dick. Yeah. I mean, he's and, really an asshole. Like, look, Flash should kick the shit. And this Flash is way over the top for no good reason at all until Uncle Ben dies. But like. 
I wouldn't mind seeing Flash kick the shit out of this Peter Parker at all. Same here. Same here. <laughs> but I, I was going to say Flash actually is a nicer character. Yeah, Flash has a dickish moment in that one scene yeah. uh, in basketball. But then after Uncle Ben dies, he's like, yo, bro, you okay? And like Peter yeah. like attacks him. And then there's even a moment later where he's like, you know, like at the very end where he's like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man go- t-shirt on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, and they're obviously okay with each other. So like, uh, look. I think Peter Parker is more of an asshole than the Flash in this movie. Yeah, no, he, he absolutely is. And you mentioned it before. Another Peter Parker thing I want them to talk to before we get to him talk, uh, being Spider-Man. Um, he goes to Gwen Stacy's house because he's invited over for dinner. Right? Chooses yeah. to go through the window. Right? She questions it briefly. He's like, oh, yeah, fire escape. And that's the end of that. So the captain, a captain in the police, NYPD, Sees this guy just in his daughter's room. No one questions anything about this. I yeah, didn't see him going through the front fucking door. I was expecting that because he's like, "Oh, Peter Parker," huh? and I was I was expecting him to do a Dennis Leary thing. He's like, "I hope you like Branzino." It's like, yeah, they're really <laughs> stressing that Branzino. They were but... stressing the fucking brand. And then the next scene, it's like, "Oh, he doesn't know how to eat the Branzino." It's like we got twenty minutes about Branzino talk in this movie. There's more Branzino than there is uh, Aunt May because she really has nothing to do in this one. Oh, nothing. <laughs> and she is the stupidest of all time because at the end he comes in, the shit beat out of him. And she's with like, the eggs. with the eggs. Like, oh, the eggs. It's like, no. Yes. No. I don't know. I, Not great. Just, again, it really felt like they went, you know what? They hired some nobodies in that first one for Aunt May and Uncle Ben. We're going to hire Sally Field and then whatever, uh, Charlie Charlie Sheen's dad. Nah, 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 we're edgy. <laughs> you know, it's like, but no, they, they I like Sally Field. I like Charlie yeah. Sheen for the most part, but they're not they're not doing anything in this movie. <laughs> I, I did not like this Aunt May at all. This is my least favorite Aunt May. I'm yeah, with you she's, on that one. she's not great. And again, it's not against Sally Field. It's just she literally has nothing to do in this movie. Nothing. Meanwhile, we have Rosemary Harris, who was like, will always give the inspirational speech to Peter to get him over the top and do this all this other Great. stuff and get and she's an idiot. Yeah. Now. Or like or or hitting Dr. Octopus with her old lady and Yeah, like, she was badass. She gets in the shit. She look, the Green Goblin literally comes into her room at night and he's like, Pray to me, old woman. Like she yeah. she goes through some shit in those movies. Finish it, finish it. <laughs> um so then I, I guess that I, I guess that yeah the the mask and stuff is a transition to Spider Man, um yeah so whatever he gets the mask idea from the Luchador stuff which I actually didn't hate I was like okay and it I thought it was a nod to the wrestling thing that we don't get this time yeah, it just happens to fall through a roof and land in a fucking wrestling ring that's my problem with it like. I don't mind that it's Luchador inspired, but it has it nothing to do with like it. Yeah. It, it kind of does, but it has nothing to do with Spider Man. Like it, it he doesn't in, envision this the costume because of it's a spider or whatever. Like it's oh the Luchador thing, it's cool. Whereas it, that doesn't make sense to me. Whereas the original origin does. It's like no. oh shit, I gotta wrestle, but I can't let them see who I am. I got bit by a spider, right? I'm just throwing this crappy spider costume. You know, like that progression makes sense. This is I fall through a roof. Oh, De- Deus Ex Machina in the form of a luchador mask. I'm Spider-Man now. Like the the jump doesn't make sense to me. And yeah, why no, call yourself you. Spider-Man? Like why not call yourself like you know El Spiderante or give yourself a luchador name? You know, I mean, I don't know, but like, what is the Spider-Man thing if you have no real connection to that? 
And he's, by the way, like you, we mentioned it in the text message. So Peter's father helped this on this project with Dr. Connors for these engineered spiders that was going to be like this splicing thing for humans and pretty much almost like set up his son to become Spider-Man? Really? I, yeah. And it just, no. it's too perfect. It's, it's too that's perfect. what I'm saying. There's too many forced connections in, in this movie. Like, the Dr. Connors is a forced <laughs> connection also. It's yeah. just, it's too much. It, it's like, like you couldn't just let it go as it was. Why, like, here's the thing. Why make him Gwen Stacy's mentor and make Peter Parker someone who's like, you know, a suspect trying to get in and sneak in on this? Like, why isn't he both their mentors? That's how they know each other. They both have a fucking internship with Dr. Connor at Oscorp. That's it. Like, why yeah. do you need all these extra steps? <clears throat> Runtime? And it's, you know, but it's even like, like you said, it's almost as if they make it seem like, uh, Parker's dad was like years ago. Was like, you know, one day my kid's gonna walk through here and get bit. Yeah, <laughs> spider rat. It's, like, it's like, it's like, dude, that's too, that's too much of a perfect, yeah. perfect vision you got going on there. It just seems so suspect. It's like Back to the Future too. That parlor scene with Biff, right in uh, in Trump's eighty five, right when he's like modeled after Donald Trump, yeah. and he's like, you know, an old man came to me and said one day, a wily eyed scientist and a kid yeah. was going to come to. That's what this was, right? Yeah. Like, this is what it was, like. Right? <laughs> so I guess some people give this movie props for Peter mm. inventing the web shooters this time around, even though he gets a lot of the ideas from Oscorp. Um, yeah, he kind of steals the web shoes. Yeah, he kind of does steals the idea and just kind of modifies it, makes yeah. it his own thing or whatever. But then that transitions us to Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I get they were trying to make him more quippy in this one and to make him more of a wise-ass when he's in the costume. He's still a dick. Like, yeah. Especially, it's really, it's really captured in that scene with the carjacking. Yep. Mm -hmm. He's really an asshole in that <laughs> yeah. scene. Well, even when he's like, that's the one where he webs the webs the guy, right? Yeah, he's like, oh, bang, you're gonna talk, bang, bang, bang. webs him in yeah. the face, and yeah, and then right well, after, it's so easy, yeah, right, and then right after he attacks the police. Yes, why is he attacking the police? Like, why is he bragging he, about how he's okay. doing their job for them? Right, oh, the boys in blue. It's like really, dude, really. It's yeah, yeah it, it just. I, like, I didn't mind them trying to make him more quippy. I get it. Yes, that is I get what they were trying to do. Yeah. So I, I'll give them credit for the attempt. I'll give them credit for the web shooters. Again, I think it's half-assed. He didn't invent it, but whatever. It's interesting to see them play out. And, you know, you do get that moment where the web shooters get destroyed in the fight. So at least mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it does, which doesn't come to much, but at least something happens with it. Um, you know, but I, I think, like, ultimately, though, the problem is, is they don't they don't get the tone of the quips. No, they because don't. It, like that's the, the thing. If if they had the tone, it would be like okay, he's just kind of a wise ass. But everything he says is so like mean, or just there's such malice behind it. Like even in that scene, like oh boys and blue, I'm doing your job out here for you. It's like why are you saying that? Just get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, dude, get get out. That's it. Leave a note, your friendly neighborhood Spider Man, and get right. the hell out of there. Because there's one thing that you wanted to knock Toby's Peter Parker for. I mean, sorry, Spider-Man. You could say, all right, he didn't really talk a lot of shit yeah. while he was biting the villains <coughs> after a while, which is fine if you're going to critique that. I, it didn't bother me that much. Tom Holland has that down pat. He does. But we're, we're, you know, that's why I think he nails the whole character better than anyone. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but they try to go for that, but he comes off as like a complete dick. And his costume is obscene. Why with the yellow eyes and his weird... I don't know if that's latex or what it's supposed to be. I, I, it's the costume looks terrible. This is like Nicholas Hammond era Spider Man costume. That's how bad I think this is. Wow, he just all he needed was that silver utility belt and the you know, crawling like this. (laughs) I mean, it's it, I don't know, it's it's pretty brutal. Yeah, I I didn't love it. I I didn't love it. I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't hate it as much as you did. Think I, about was, it com- compared to the one we just saw. Oh no, no, that, that, movies. Yeah, but but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I'm not going to compare this to the Raimi movies. I'm just not that because that then I'm just setting myself up for failure. Yeah. I, I I actually found three nice things to say about this movie. Oh, and I have if a couple I, of nice things to say, not a lot, but if I didn't divorce myself from the Raimi movies, I'd have nothing. Because again, I'm going to stick by this. This movie does not hold a candle to the wreck that was Spider-Man 3. I would still rather watch Spider-Man 3 than this. I told you guys last week, uh, I do every now and then. We'll watch the trilogy from start to forward. Even though I'm not a big fan of Spider-Man 3, there's enough there for me to kind of appreciate and, and get some enjoyment. There's really, like, on its own, there's not much there. And if I compared this to even Spider-Man 3, forget about it. I, I could have nothing good to say. I just watched them back to back, and I will reinforce mm. what I said. Spider-Man 3 is, is better than this movie. It's a better movie, absolutely. Um, um, for So for Spider-Man, though, again, just it just doesn't work. Like, his Spider-Man is not good either. Now, no. just for Now, I'll accept seeing him in Spider-Man No Way Home, and I have a feeling they'll write it better. You know, I'll have more confidence that it'll be written better. But just for the novelty of it, I don't want him to do that much. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. I, I don't care because this is, I don't want to see this guy again. <laughs> I'm going to see him in two weeks and possibly next month. But this Spider Man is an asshole. I don't yeah. like him. Actually, if this series had a J. Jonah Jameson, I would be on his side. Oh, I, dude, if I were in this world, I'd be J. Jonah Jameson. He's a menace. Spider-Man's a menace. Give me the Spider-Man. Like, come on. I'd be, I'd be a great J. Jonah Jameson in that this world. We can get to his replacement in a minute, but I will say one of the positives I had about this movie is Gwen Stacy. I I agree. I think I, she's actually good in this. I liked her. I think I think Emma Stone's good in this. I mean, she doesn't get a lot to do. She doesn't. Don't get me wrong. She does not get a ton to do in this movie. But at least she's not a damsel in distress. She does play a role in executing the plan at the end. Yeah, and she's not being a bitch to Peter, which Tim she's knocked not. Uh, MJ for in these, the Raimi, the Raimi trilogy. That no. At least she's actually like a nice person and no. wants to help Peter and seems like she has good intentions. So and, and actually, I question what she sees in him because he's an asshole. Like, yes, if I had a doctor, yeah, why are you dating this douchebag right. Parker? Because she's incredibly nice. Like, and, yes. and, and, and look, she's she's gorgeous. She's like yeah. brilliant. Like she's the she's a whole package, and that's the point, right? And what the fuck are you doing? With, I get it. Andrew Garfield's a good looking guy, man. But like, this guy's an asshole. This yes. Peter Parker will probably be an abusive husband. Just <laughs> oh saying. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not saying physically, but verbally, you know that he's going to be like, oh, Gwen, like it, if Gwen Stacy didn't die in that ne- that next movie, and I'm not spoiling shit because I haven't saw it, but I know that happens. Um. 
But you know, if they get married, it's like, oh, Gwen Stacy, yeah, I'm gonna go be Spider Man. You put on some weight there, honey. You know, he's saying stuff like that. Oh, this guy would totally go date Black Hat and like ditch Gwen Stacy everything for for Photoshop. Seriously, seriously, he he has some kids with Gwen Stacy, leaves them, they move to Vegas, he becomes like sleazy Spider Man. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so I guess. This, I mean, Tim, do you have anything to say about Gwen Stacy before we move on? Uh, a lot better in this one than the Spider-Man Three, and that's that's, that's one thing that's definitely yeah. better. Oh yeah, yeah, way better. Yeah, Mike is better. I like Emma this, Stone too. This is yeah, actually no, Gwen like Stacy. Always good. Yeah, this is Gwen Stacy. But I also say I could have seen Emma Stone playing a great MJ. Absolutely, she's like a good actress. Accurate MJ. I yeah. think I think she would have been a way better MJ. I, I agree. Yeah. I but agree. As the Gwen Stacy we get. I'm cool with it. Uh, you know, she, she's good. And look, credit to the movie. It was a good choice going with Gwen Stacy because I think the one thing even fans like myself and you said when we saw the first one was that was really good, but I kind of wish that was the Gwen Stacy storyline. Yes. Exactly. You know, especially because it ends with the iconography of the death of Gwen Stacy, but we don't get anyone's death except the Green Goblin. So I think that was a minor ding some people had. So I give this movie credit for trying a Gwen Stacy and not trying to ram another MJ down our throat. Well, this is one of those things I think they had to change to differentiate themselves from a movie that just yes. came out, uh, I mean, five years earlier. Yeah. Plus, um, like, you, like you said, Jason, uh, MJ was the villain of the first trilogy, so they got to switch it up and make <laughs> her a good person in this one. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man's the villain of this uh, this movie. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um so I guess that takes us to Liz- to the lizard to Kurt Connors. I know Tim, you you shared your part. You're not you're not a fan of this. He sucks, and his plan is awful. It's his so, plan is dumb. I don't you know. I'm, I'm gonna not, turn everyone into lizards. I am not going to justify his plan by speaking about it here on this podcast. <laughs> what I am going to speak about is the gross misunderstanding the writers have of the lizard character. I'm not saying I'm a huge lizard fan just because I have the action figure. I have lots of action figures, all right? Um, but I do like the character. And what I like about the character is the the tragedy. It's, it's, it's Jekyll and Hyde. That's exactly what it is. It's Jekyll yeah. and Hyde, except instead of becoming Jekyll, he becomes, or Hyde, he becomes a fucking lizard. You know what I mean? But, like, the in the comic, there's the duality. Dr. Connors is a good guy. And a brilliant guy, and he's really trying to help people. When he becomes a lizard, he's not brilliant Dr. Connors. He's like someone else who goes out and commits crimes. This is not that. This Dr. Connors becomes the lizard. They're the same person. Yeah. So, like, it, it, is, has, it, it does not resemble the character at all in the psychology of it, which is, again, like the Batman villains. What I love about the Spider-Man villains is the, the interesting psychology behind some of them. Um, and he looks nothing like a lizard. He looks like a goomba. I want to jump say, on his head. I was gonna say, hold, hold that figure up again. Look how look how good that figure looks. Look at this. Look, look at that. Yeah. Look how menacing that lizard is. Lab coat and all. Yeah. And and black t-shirt. And then black then, t-shirt, then, purple then, pants. And then you look at the, t- the one that we got. It's like, what is this? Like, why are we? And he looks like a half a guy who stopped turning into the lizard halfway through. He does, it's, yeah. That's exactly it. He was like halfway to transformation. Something happened. He went, ah. "Well, that's weird, but I guess I'll roll with it." You know, it's like, it's like, it's like the effects ran out of money halfway through. They're like, "Shit, we can't make any more effects." Yeah. All right, we're gonna leave. We're gonna and, leave him looking like a slimy Koopa. 
trooper, and, whatever. And the effects are not good on that lizard. No, they look pretty bad. I mean, I'm not saying it's like, you know, I'm not saying it looks like I'm watching like a 90s PSA. I'm not saying it's that bad. But you can definitely look at that lizard and go, yeah, he doesn't really look like something that's in that space. Now, he's this is another character that gets... It's in the rumor mill of everyone and their mother that's supposed to return from No Way Home. Just make him look totally different. If this, if you're gonna bring him back, just make him look completely different. And I don't care. I'm fine with it. Fine. I don't care that continuity, continuity for that one. I don't really care. I here's the thing. You want continuity? Forget this lizard. Give me get the actor who played Dr. Connors from the Raimi trilogy yes. and give me a real lizard with that guy. Because I think that guy would have been a great he was a great Kurt Connors, and I was looking forward because I was convinced we were getting him as the lizard at some point. Yeah, me too. Or just bring in a decent lizard and forget Dr. Connors altogether. <laughs> just give I'll us a good that. just to give us a good looking lizard. I'll take that. Because um, he is a he is a badass looking character in the comics too. Yeah, he no, he is. And and Torment. In the beginning of the McFarley run of, of of just the title Spider Man, that is I don't know if you either one of you I've read, read Tor the Torment is awesome. That's real. That that's where my love of the lizard comes. from. The whole from. thumping and everything like that, and like doom, yeah, doom. Like it's it's really good. Tim, if you haven't read that, you get a chance read read the Torment. I think it's like a eight to ten part uh, thing. They have it in like a graphic novel form for like yeah, a while. I'll look I'll look for it on Amazon. It's really good. I would highly recommend that to check that out. Um, so I guess the other another main character before we get to like some of the Wesley's on or details that just drove me nuts was Captain Stacy, who pretty much is a replacement for J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Because we have to differentiate ourselves from the Raimi trilogy. Um, I don't think Dennis Leary is bad. I think it's just written poorly. Yeah. Like Dennis Leary's never bad. No. I know you guys love Dennis Leary, so He's, Look, he's fine, but I love Dennis Leary. I love watching Dennis Leary act. I like. I've got nothing against him. He was. I liked watching him in this movie, but as you said, it, it's bad. It's poorly written. Like I don't ding any of the actors. As I said, even Andrew Garfield, I ding no actor in this movie for their performance because you can only work with what you have, and there was not much here. And like all this. All that he does as Gwen Stacy's dad and the captain is like, I want to get that Spider Man, which is right. That's a J. Jonah Jameson thing. He calls he, him a menace at one point. He does he's call honest, him a he's menace. like, Oh, I'm a menace. I was like, Just get a cigar. So I did a country area. You might as well just go all in. Exactly. Uh, Imagine I mean, Dennis Leary playing J. Jonah Jameson. That would be awesome, by the way. Like, no J.K. Simmons, but that would still be awesome. He's just drop curse and stuff like that, and they bleep him out instead. I would love it. But but yeah, and, and his whole thing, like he has this thing like right after the bridge, right? The one and only thing Spider-Man does that is super heroic in my opinion, where and I actually did like the scene. This is one of the things I liked, where he goes down to save the kid who's stuck in the car that's hanging there, right? When he makes the decision not to follow the lizard, he yeah. takes his mask off, see him just like you, put the mask on, it gives you strength. I liked that scene. No, that was fine. And then he saves him, and then you smash cut to Captain Stacy going. Nah, there's no such thing as a lizard. Get me Spider-Man. It's like, yes. What what is what is the arrest warrant for? Saving a boy's life? That's why I almost I felt like Norman Osborn there. Finish it. Right. Finish <laughs> it. Get me pictures of Spider-Man. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's going to be yelled at, and the, and the cops are like, pictures. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? Um. Yeah, that's what I, I just kind of got that vibe from him for most of the movie. But it also ties into more dickhead Parker shit, by the way, of 
he makes a promise to him at the end when he dies. Oh God, that's the worst. that he'll stay away from Gwen Stacy, and we know he doesn't. So like, you're really a dick. Well, no, but it's Again, even Parker. It's not even that we know he doesn't because we know the next movie is coming. The movie ends with him coming in late to class, which apparently has always happened, but I don't yes. remember this being foreshadowed in the movie. Nope. And. She he goes so she goes oh you're the the teacher you're always late Parker and he goes I promise it won't happen again and she goes don't make promises you can't keep and he nuzzles close to her to Gwen Stacy's ear and he goes those are the best kind and it's like you're not even gonna you're not even gonna keep the goddamn promise you made to her dead father who's not cold in the grave yet who died saving your life you piece of shit yeah he's man he's bad man. He's like, really bad. And again, it's like it, it's taking the beats from the Raimi movie. All right, guys, we got to end with a funeral. But instead, wait, instead of it being someone Spider-Man knows it's Gwen Stacy. And what if Spider-Man, because he's an asshole, doesn't go to Gwen Stacy's father's funeral, but he still breaks up with her when she comes to see why he didn't go? You know, like in the Raimi movie, he won't go after MJ to protect her. Huh? It's the same. We're hitting the beats, but edgier. It's so stupid. Uh, it's... It's not yeah, it's like they purposely like. Well, listen, he decided at the end of the Raimi ones he can't be with MJ because it's it, it puts her in danger. In this one, fuck that, we're gonna put her in danger constantly by breaking a fucking promise to, to Dennis Leary. We're gonna put her in nothing but imminent danger, which comes in the second one, as yes. we all know. And, and and she goes and meets her dad quickly after, from what I understand. So one of the most insane, well, actually. Two last characters to hit on before we go against any kind of details, because there's some really stupid shit that happens in this movie. Uh, we, we talked about Aunt May, who's totally useless in this movie. Um, I didn't hate Uncle Ben. Maybe it's because I just like Martin Sheen or something like that. He was given more, a decent amount to do. He kind of lets Peter have it a couple of times, and I agree with him about it. I think my my whole thing with this Uncle Ben is I have nothing against Charlie Sheen. Uh, I, no, I don't like Charlie Sheen. I have nothing against Martin Sheen. Um, and I, as I said, I think he's fine in this role. But it just the things that happen don't make sense to me, like his murder and you know the the, the line of it. I mean, I like that he's giving Peter shit. He's an asshole. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 I guess too, I was resentful that I had to sit and watch this entire origin story where Ben gets killed again. I had just seen it less than a decade ago. Like, same thing with Batman, and I don't need to see more. We, we've seen the pearls hit the floor many times. It, exactly. I don't need to see the pearls hit the floor in every goddamn iteration of a Batman movie. At some point, you could just go, you know what? They get it. And we'll get there when we get from, to Homecoming, but that was, the, that was the decision they made that I think was the smartest. They went, guys, they're, they're fans. They fucking know what's going on with Peter Parker and his powers. Let's just mm -hmm. give him a movie. Exactly. Um, <laughs> now, now I'm picturing instead of the tagline being, you know, with great power comes great, great responsibility, is this one. It's don't be a dick, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, buy the eggs. Buy the yeah. fucking eggs, Peter. <laughs> buy the fucking eggs, come home, and stop being a dick. <laughs> Imagine him giving that speech. You know, my uncle on his dying on his dying breath told me something very important. What was that? Don't be a dick, Peter. <laughs> I can see Martin dick. Sheen. I can see Martin <laughs> Sheen doing that though. Um, I I guess uh, one of the main huge details of Spider-Man lore that they really really fucked up, in my opinion, in this movie, is Norman Osborn. We, what we get in this movie is that 
there's mention of him here and there because of Oscorp and that he's dying when the movie begins. And there's that weird dude that pops in and out of the movie like two or three times who just keeps on like nudging Kurt Connors like, hey, uh, you got it? Is it ready? He's dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's dying. Just in case you didn't know, he's dying. He is dying. You got it? You got any of that good shit? No? All right, I'm out. That's it. I'm running away from the lizard. And that's him in this whole movie. That's it. Dude, you sidelined Norman Osborn in this series. Really. Spider-Man, I will say, his greatest foe is usually between Green Goblin and Doc Ock. Yes. Contrary to popular belief, it's not Venom. Nope. It's one of those two. Venom's more like right below them. Okay. Really? Norman Osborn gets just shoved to the side? That was fucking idiotic. Yeah. And don't forget he's turning into a real goblin. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Remember what we've seen. Oh, I don't want to spoil it for, for Jason. Oh, does we, that happen we, in the second we, movie? Does he get, turn into a real goblin? No, no, no. We get wow. to see Norman Osborn in the second one, but I will leave it at that. We do see oh, Norman Osborn okay. in, in the amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Um, that I, that detail no don't do it that drove him that drove me completely nuts um by the way the Stan Lee cameo in this movie sucks I, 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 God rest Stan Lee I, I love Stan even, Lee I couldn't even it's, tell you what it was that's my point it's completely unforgettable he was the librarian while while the um the lizard and Peter Parker are having a fight in the library. Oh, the fight in the library. Okay. And yes. like, it could have been. I thought it could have been funny, but I thought it was just way too over the top. Like it was dumb. It like was dumb. He, he doesn't notice a fucking table is thrown at his head and almost hits him. Like he just doesn't notice that. Oh, actually, he had the headphones on, right? Something like yep. that. Yeah, because yep. he's like he's listening to music and he's like shuffling the books and stuff. But it's like. They're literally destroying everything behind you. There's no, I don't care how how loud your music is. You hear it. Yeah. And one of the other things, I guess I got to, I, I left that. By the way, the crane thing at the end, when, when Spider-Man is going, he's injured, and he's going to go to the final battle. And then the guy whose kid he saved earlier is a, like, I don't know if you want to say an ironwork, steelworker, whatever the hell he is. He tells all his crane guys, yeah, let's line him up. Let's help out Spider-Man. So he can kind of swing to the top of Oscorp faster. Come on. Look, what, what um, is this? stupid. What is this? It's stupid, but I, it's one of the things I went, all right, that's one of the nicer moments in the movie. And here's why. Because at least something happened earlier on in the movie. Yes. And then it paid off. I And I will, I will concede <laughs> to that. That's fine. I'm just like, dude, really? We don't. We don't need this. Yeah, Skinny Spider-Man swinging from random shit, and that's it. I don't. And, care. A, and again, though, like you said, it hits the beats of the Raimi movie. What scene does that resemble from the Raimi movie? Scene on the bridge. You mess with hey. us. You mess with all yep. of us. You mess with all of us. Of course. That's it. Yeah. It's and, like, and again, it's like they sat down, watched the Raimi yep. movie, and went, "We need that, but we're going to change it. We need that. We're going to change it. We need that's that. Exactly. We're going to change it." Oh, we need a bridge, but let's not have it at the end because you know we're better than this Raimi crap. Let's have it in the middle. Yeah, it's it sucks. Um, what else was there? Oh, there's a line he actually says in the middle of fighting the lizard. Someone's been a bad lizard. Oh God, that's your quip. That's what you really. That's your smart ass thing that you wanted to get in there. You had to get that. I paused it and I turned Angie. I'm like, did I just hear that? That's that's what he said. She's like, 
They should have they cut Uncle Ben saying, you're a dick. You're a dick. Don't be a dick, Peter. <laughs> Don't be a dick. You yeah. Know, you got bad quips, dick. That's the next line. It's, I mean, that's all my notes, man. But like this, you, you have missed the, oh, most... the post credit scene. Yes, the, the post credit no, no. scene. We'll, we'll get to that. But I want to bring up my most inexplicable what the fuck moment of this movie. I'm Peter Parker. I've decided I'm not a hero. I'm going to use my talents to go and lure the lizard so I can get pictures of him and sell it. Yeah. And I'm going to leave my camera there. With my fucking full name and address on it. Yes, because that's what, what everyone does with their camera. Fuck, why? Like, here's the thing. Even if I had that on my camera, the moment I went, putting on the spider mask, I'm taking this off if I'm taking it with me. Because I'm not, I'm also, you know what I'm also not doing? Not taking my goddamn, like, state ID when I'm swinging around as Spider-Man. Because I don't want anyone knowing it's me. <laughs> yep. I agree. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It, it listen overall. It, it was. It's just. It's bad. It's yeah. just. There's. There's nothing here that really hardly works. I, I would say that I would in, in No Way Home, instead of having Andrew Garfield come back, I would much rather have Emma Stone come back as Spider Gwen. Yes. Oh yes, absolutely. And have that, and that's where we get into the live action Spider. I would much rather that happen. If you're gonna mine something from this disaster, give yeah, get, give us Gwen Stacy. I like her, that actor. I like, I like a lot of it. So yeah, I'm with I'm with you. Yeah, <coughs> we're probably we're probably not getting that. So no, no, no. whatever. It, it'd be great um, if they said something about oh yeah, Gwen Stacy and Tom Holland turns and goes, who the fuck is Gwen Stacy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Wait, that girl that likes Eddie Brock. What? <laughs> <laughs> they started fighting, and Tom Hall just said, no, I, don't know, I don't know who the hell Gwen MJ, I have no idea who Gwen Stacy is. Please don't yell at me. I have no yeah, idea. I, I don't know who this is at all. We, 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 we move past it. Um, all right. So I guess that pretty much kind of wraps it up for us this week. Um, yeah. So next week, our movie will be The Eternals. Oh, thankfully. We will be taking a break from our live action Spider Verse view. But then a week after that, we'll be back. With the amazing Spider-Man too, and it'll be the first time Jason has seen the movie. So this will be real interesting to see what the hell he thinks of this crap. Tim, let us know. I know you've seen the movie. You got time if you want to catch up. Um, Tim and I, I will be seeing the Eternals tomorrow night. I'll, I, I will try to watch uh, that stupid movie. I'll try to sit through it. I should say. Yes. Just, just I'll try to hit the the, the most important beats just so we can talk about it. But yeah. dude, I, Jason, I feel for you. I don't. I don't want to watch this movie. Guys. I feel. I feel for you having to watch this movie. I really like, do. I did not want to watch Venom, and then I watched Venom, and I went, "All right, that's not wasn't that, but as bad as I thought it would." Like this yeah. is like the equivalent of you going like, in for like brain surgery. Like I'm kind of scared for you. Yeah. No. This and, is. And, this and is, I hope you pull out of it okay. Thank you. I, I hope so too, because I might. I might slip into a vegetative state and never return. <laughs> We'll come visit um, you in the hospital and stuff. Please, and, you're please. All right. <laughs> and then and then I'll I'll lay there and then I'll just I'll open my eyes, grab your hands, and go avenge me. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll have that moment. Where I'll whisper in your ear. Tom Holland is Spider Man. Tom <laughs> Holland is and you're, you're, and you're you're miraculously wake up. Go. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it was all but a dream. <laughs> all right. So thanks for joining this week. We super appreciate it, Tim. Thanks for dropping by and. Chatting some Spider-Man with us and talking about some Baywatch nights and Mobius, <laughs> yeah. actually. So yeah. he did a he did a lot of it. Um, yeah. Uh, so.
pretty much if you want to go ahead and you like what you heard tonight, you can subscribe to Pop Culture Pros. If you're watching us on Facebook, you can go ahead and join the Pop Culture Pros group. Join our group, Granny's Peach Tea. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, click subscribe. Subscribe to it. You can check us out. You can Twitter. Go ahead and follow us. Check out all the shows that are there. And Instagram. Uh, some of the shows you'll see Tim on are uh, the Just Too Sweet show, the wrestling show that's usually on every week. Uh, Shooting a Sith will be on at some point. We, we have it. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two Two weeks. A, a week from this Tuesday. <laughs> Two will be number one. Weeks. Weeks. We're, we're going for it. I'm going for it. Full out. Two, <laughs> two weeks. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. You know you walked right into that one. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got that. And then, you know, dude, Book of Boba Fett looks pretty badass, as you expected. And of course, you're all welcome to come on for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely, I definitely like to pop on for that because I'll be watching that probably as it goes. Like, I'm not going to do what I usually do and wait till the end. I'll watch it along with you guys so I can talk about it. I'll get up at three o'clock in the morning when it launches. That's what I'll be doing. <laughs> Jeez, considering I get up at work for six thirty, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh no, I, I get, I get up at, I watch it at three, went to bed, and got back up at, at six to go to work. Man, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I I can only think of one or two times when I did that, and I was in WandaVision somehow. Well, I, I probably I probably won't do it right in the beginning because I don't know what's coming yet. Yeah. But like with 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 uh, Mandalorian, it was oh I think Ahsoka's coming tonight. Oh I think Boba. I was like oh well now I have to get up at three o'clock and watch the goddamn thing. <laughs> so I know I know before everybody else does. Um. So yeah. So you can go ahead and and also if you're into the New York Giants, you can check out the We Stomp You Out show, which Tim is there. And unsportsmanlike conduct, which they talk about football all around, all around. Fantasy football, make picks every week and stuff like that. So you got that. Um, yeah, if you if you like Eric, where's A to Z anyway? Where's is Eric, that hiatus? Eric is learning how to be a farmer. And that's what? not a joke. That's I'm not, not a joke. I'm not, I'm not surprised. For I'm the show or for himself? In real life, him and his girlfriend bought this big farm store thing, and you have to go learn. Like wow. literally take classes that had to do certain. I mean, if it works, it's good for him. It's the nice little money maker, wow. and he. But he have to go to like the classes, and that's why Tuesdays we're not doing just as sweet on Tuesdays for like a month. Okay. So either we're going to switch nights, or we'll do something else. But that's why shooting a sit will start next Tuesday. I'll take over the just to sweet spot, but he'll be back. He'll be back as soon as those classes are over. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so that's all the stuff we got uh, rolling on Pop Culture Pros right now. Uh, Gator and Kyle will be their MIA right now, but we'll see. They'll be back. They'll be they'll back be, too. They'll be back. So, oh, uh, they'll be back. They always come back. <laughs> they are not Uncle Ben. <laughs> they are not Martha <laughs> and Tom Wayne. Thomas Wayne. Yeah. So it's okay. Let's uh, just yeah, say we'll, I've never seen either of them clutch their pearls. Okay. <laughs> this is true. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you next week, and we'll be talking about the Eternals. We'll be talking about Doom Patrol, uh, Supergirl. Series finale. It's gonna be big. So we got that. Ooh, so we got I'll, a pretty. I'll just wa- I'll watch that one just because it's the last one. You should, That's it. You should. Yeah, just go ahead, check it out. You'll you'll see where they, they wrap things up or not or. or yeah, you'll you'll see the end? Question mark. Yes. We'll see the end. So all right, everyone, stay safe. Take it easy. Peace. Later. Later. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a dick.